Beaker, are you going to help me do a race recap on the CRCRC race that happened this past weekend? Isn't that the 10 scale race? Yeah, big 10 scale race. Uh, Tom from R1 won it, did a badass pass, won it. You know, hey, it, was, it was great. I'd rather take this hammer and smash your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Why mine? Well, my own too. Yeah, you should. So I, I take no, it. you have to find someone else to do that. Oh, it's so, 10 scale. All right, so no 10 scale talk for you? No hairdryer talk for you? <laughs> no. No hairdryer. But that's no, right. in the field. You know what? I do have two guys that like to talk about 10 skills, so I don't need you. And with that, I'm going to drop that intro. Nitro is the glory, but E-Buggy pays the bills. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and it just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this money-grabbing racing. Hard to be arrogant when you're always right. Yeah. See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say but it's definitely worth a listen and our pick can you stop whatever you're doing join your host Leslie the great with co-hosts and guests as they get together to chat our city. hey after that race that i watched this morning i have to talk about here we go. Hundred bucks right here. Hundred dollar throw. Oh no! <laughs> I like it. So nitro is the glory, but e buggy pays the bills. And while on this podcast this week, it's two, it's ten scales paying some bills. Welcome to episode number one sixty one of the No Name RC podcast. I'm your host, Kena White, a.k.a. Left of the Great, and you don't have to worry about JQ no more. I kicked him out of the studio. He walled his welcome. He's gone. He doesn't want to talk about 10 skills, so see you later. He's gone to be a tourist somewhere. So I'll link up with him later on, but now it's time to talk about the CRCRC race that happened this past weekend. 35th annual of this race might be the last one we're hearing, but uh, it was well attended by many, uh, not fully, full, 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 full agenda of top pros, but uh, some of the up-and-coming top guys were there, and it made for some exciting racing. And uh, we also gave Tom Rinnernick, I think I said his name properly, or Tom for uh, Tom from R1, a new nickname, which is Tom for R1, because I couldn't pronounce it. So joining me this week uh, as co-host are my good friend, RC Kevin, and my other good friend, Tony Newland of Clinic RC. Now, this will kind of be our 10 scale team going into 2022. We're looking to out, you know, I'm not really big in 10 scale, but I like it. It's racing and I, we want to talk about it a little bit more when there's appropriate coverage and whatnot. So they'll, they're coming on to help out with that as well as eight scale stuff. Tony's well versed in eight scale knowledge. He's been doing this for a long time. He's going to be going to some races this year. Kevin is up there doing his thing in, in Quebec with his vlogs. He's becoming popular. He's learning a lot. He's making his way in the industry. So I'm really happy to have these guys on as co-hosts. And I hope you guys enjoy what we're trying to do here at the NNRC. We're trying to be a little bit more eclectic with our, uh, our just our experience. Nitro will always be the glory here, but we want to branch out into other things. 
So with that said, I just have a few thanks and shout outs to say before we get into the CRCRC recap, as well as a big thank you to Dakota Fenn. What an excellent interview it was with him. His audio is a bit off. He had some, you know, a fan or something on in the back. He lives in an area with not very good internet. So I try to clean it up as best as I could. So you might hear a little bit of white noise in the back. Uh, I tried my best to get that out and just was not a pos- wasn't able to get it all out. But I hope you enjoy it. I enjoyed the chat with him and it was good to get to know the phenom. And yeah, the guy that I think is one of the fastest, most talented drivers in the world. And uh, it was good to talk to him. So thank you to Dakota for his time. Also, I'd like to say shout out and thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. The podcast is growing. We love it. Keep sharing it. Help us get out there. Keep downloading. We're, you know, we're going big this year. We're going to be working even harder. So we appreciate the support that you guys give us. We can't do it without you. Also, shout out to the patrons of the NNRC. Thank you, guys. You help make my life a lot easier. Help me pay some bills. Help me buy something nice in RC and I want it or whatever. And I appreciate that. And if you wish to be a patron of the podcast, if you like what we're doing, that money goes to good use, helping us out. I spent money for for the Christmas show off the Patreon. So, yeah, if you want to help us out and you want to give, you like what we're doing, hey, every little bit helps on the Patreon. Uh, we might be trying to do something like RC Fantasy with them this year to see how it works with the NNRC Cup. Still working out the details on that. We'll see how that goes. Also, I'd like to shout out and say thank you to the awesome companies that advertise with us. I like to say this is advertising. Sponsoring is something different. But these companies believe in their in this platform to promote their products, and we greatly appreciate their support. Uh, this year, our title sponsor is Invisible Speed. Look at the book over there, as well as the online course. This is something that I really believe in that people should use. I know people will balk at the price, but it's a lot of knowledge in there. But as things get better, as the course becomes more popular, people can see that this is actually a really good course and something that will help you out in your RC. And kudos to uh, the people that are behind it, you know, Joseph and all the guys that are the top guys that went and done this and believe in this. So I believe in this, and that is our title sponsor for 2022. Also, shout out to High Tech RC. They're coming on board again for this year. I'm super happy about that. In fact, at DNC, they'll be sponsoring our booth. So if you want to come be a part of the NNRC and want to check us out, maybe we'll buy some swag and check out some high tech stuff, come see us at DNC at the High Tech Tent. That is where headquarters will be for the NNRC podcast. Shout out to Chris Nelson and TNR Fuels. We greatly appreciate their, their support. His business was booming last year. I was talking to him earlier. He's got something big in the works. Great dude. Can't wait to hang out with him at uh at DNC. Shout out to the Mayako crew. Yeah, Mayako movement. Uh, super happy to be a part of that. If uh, Joseph have not got my car built yet, he started on the shocks. That's as far as we got. Beach RC, congratulations to them. Signing S-Works. Uh, they'll be the S-Works distributor. They'll, they also signed uh, with the ultimate brand, Cole Ogden and Seth and Dalen. And... Uh, Brent Dansford also bought the Badlands racetrack, which are uh, big, powerful moves for Beach RC. I wish Beach RC and Brent Dansford all the best, and I'm thankful that they continue with the podcast. Shout out to Techno RC, probably our longest sponsor. Besides long, them and Papa Willis, Techno has continued on with our podcast for another year. I think that's awesome. Uh, and I really believe in what Techno is doing. Like, I th- think they made 
still have like one of the best squads out there. They have a great thing going with their team. And they have some good products, man. And it's showing. And they're putting in the work and developing their team. And people stick, stay on there and enjoy it. And that's a good thing to see. Also, shout out, obviously, to Clinic RC. Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. Um, Clinic RC, sorry, is Tony Newland's brand. They've come on. He's a co-host, so we're, we're helping push his products as well. Lots of 10-scale products. He's got those cool new uh, air, oilless, air filters for your nitro, nitro cars. Check that out. Uh, also, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, another longtime sponsor of the podcast. We thank them for their time. Remember, there's coupon codes for them as well. Prepare for victory with Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. Lugs Racing Tires, they're, they're, they made some nice uh, regional power moves this year. Colin Herzig, uh, Jake, uh, Tyler Braun in the SoCal area will help boost those, those tires. Lugs is definitely pushing forward to become, uh, to challenge, to, to get up and challenge the top tier tire companies out there in RC. Uh, also, shout out to Racecraft USA, the Flamingo Boys. They re- released some new sticker packs or something last night. They had a live. It's connected with um, with Supercross in some way, so that's really cool to see. I like those guys marketing and their way of thinking. It's super fun, and I like it. So, shoot, kudos to them. Kudos to them. And of course, we have a new sponsor. Uh, we had a charge lead sponsor before with Donathan RC. Uh, they did not. They we kind of you know it was just something we was trying out, and we didn't really continue. But uh, one of my friends, who I've gotten to know uh, through the JQ community and whatnot, he has his charge lead company, and it's called G Spec RC Tuning. And we would like to welcome G Spec RC Tuning on as the official charge lead company of the NNRC. G-Spec, G-Spec RC Tuning is a small company that makes products that makes products that are often overlooked, but yet essential in being able to deliver constant performance, whether racing at the track or bashing with friends. We approach making each product with the highest level of care, craftsmanship, and attention to detail to meet the grueling demands of RC racing. Each product is test, track tested and made by hand in Southern California. If we don't use it in our programs, we're not making it. It's that simple. No frills, just business. It's your turn to lead the way. Now go win. We worry about the details so you don't have to. Now go win. If you want to find out some more information about what products that G-Spec RC Tuning is offering, you can go visit them at www.g-specracingspecrctuning.com or hit them up at sales at g-spec. Sorry, I want to say spec because it sounds looks like spec. Just spec. Spec RC Tuning. I know that's hard for me to say. I'm going to fumble that so much. Uh, the links for this will be in the written description of this podcast. Check out G-Spec and uh, get yourself some charge leads and help support the this podcast. Also, I just want to shout out to a few special companies. Obviously, uh, Teeps, Jared Tebow has decided to come on and help us out once a month. I think we'll have him on next week to talk about SIC. So shout out to JTP. His RC branding, they just launched their new engines, which is pretty cool, I think. And uh, he's got his signature engine. And, uh, you know, he's got – T-Bell's on the hustle, man. That's he's, He gets it. He's got a – you know, he's trying to uh, get his branding out there, and he gets the whole branding. That's why he's a part of the podcast, and I appreciate his time. So let's help him out and then get some stuff from him. So shout-out to T-Bell and JTP. Links for that will be in the written description. Also, just some special shout-outs to my buddy RC Kevin. He's been helping me out, out a lot. Max Mort, Rowan, 
uh ruined the barbarian and uh as you guys see our new intro was done by zach who's been helping out with rcgp and actually i still forget the guy's name who did the mix i met him on instagram as a for the podcast he's a He's an RC guy, so I will find his name and I'll have it written down. And shout out to our NNRC drivers, David Runnefalk, Alex Agberg, uh, and Jared Tebow, and probably Robert Battier, because you know what? We're starting uh, NNRC Espanol. Yeah, like as we're going to do it in Spanish. Well, I'm going to try to do it in Spanish with him and a couple of other friends from South America. All right, so that, sorry, guys. I had to run through the sponsor thing. I know a lot of people skip through that. I hope you don't. Show the sponsors some love. We appreciate their support or the advertisers. There's promo codes, there's coupon codes, affiliate links, what you need. And we they gave us some great products for giveaways. And hopefully we'll be doing some giveaways this year. And don't worry, everybody, I'm still uh getting out people who want stuff. I'm slowly getting that process done. Uh, you know, I've been kind of busy with Joseph, and these companies are busy anyway. So I knew none of this stuff was gonna happen in the first two weeks of the year. You will get your stuff. All right, guys. So enough of the long intro and all of that i think we're gonna get right into it as rc kevin and tony newland we get together to talk about the crcrc race then we go there's no questions or nothing this week because this was kind of like a podcast that we were supposed to release uh earlier this week but with the live being i wanted the live to be the first real podcast of the year so this is the second one uh so no questions on this just us talking about the race and then obviously going on to the main interview with Dakota Fan, which I thought was pretty good. So I greatly appreciate you guys' support. Enjoy this. And you know what? Don't forget to sub, like, and share on our YouTube channel and RC Kevin and RC Kevin's YouTube channel and show us all some love. We, we greatly appreciate it. Leave some reviews and all that good stuff. So with that said, let's get on to our interview. I mean, our CRCRC rates cap. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. So we had a lot of racing going on this past weekend, and uh, we had the big 35th anniversary or 35th annual CRCRC race, which is the, I think it's the mid uh, winter Midwest Championships. I probably should have wrote that down. I should have. But um, I just know it as the CRCRC race. And joining us this week uh, on our second show of the year, of 2022 is uh my good friend rc kevin and hey, what's up and our other friend and now new 10 skill co-host i gotta stop doing that the shadow goes in my face <laughs> uh mr tony noonan of clinic rc uh before we guys go on any further i just want to say thank you to kevin and thank you to tony uh they have become we've we kind of we've been talking about this for a while we want to get put a little bit more focus on 10 scale and I'm not really that big into 10 scale, but these guys are. So they're, we, this is kind of going to be the 10 scale lineup for the NNRC this year. And of course, uh, Tony's going to be doing a lot more eight scale racing as well. So we will have him on 
uh, when he, you know, to, to fill in, not just 10 scale, but, you know, these guys are both well known. They know their stuff when it comes to 8 scale. So it's just going to be a mix, but primarily 10 scale. So I want to thank you guys for that, uh, helping us open up another little avenue. And, uh, you know, we're not, we're not trying to, uh, you know, 8 scale still the glory on the NNRC, but, you know, we understand that the, the other genres, I mean, I enjoy watching 10 scale racing. So, yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. And uh, if you guys haven't checked out RC Kevin, he's doing some really great vlogs. He's 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 getting all a. He's like, I like it. He's got his camera and all that stuff. So he's doing them in French and he's doing them in English. Uh, he he can only do so much right now because he's in Canada. But he did get uh, a nice blog vlog. Sorry, of his home track, Kevin. Uh, I will put the link for that in this as well to your YouTube and all that, so people can go and. Uh, Hit that sub button. Appreciate it. Yeah. And then, of course, Clinic RC. Uh, he's been around for quite a long time uh, before, back in the day. And now with Clinic. And he just brought out something that uh, has, we got we got a lot of people talking there over the silly season, which was his his new air filters. And thank you, Tony. You uh, you gave a, a three of those to give away on the Christmas show. So, uh, so those, I know I saw you like telling people on Facebook and all that type of stuff, but for those who may, uh, you know, may have not seen that, tell us a little bit about your, your new air filters and how they can be used and where, and how they were developed, please. So they were developed because I basically, I smoked two motors last year, mm-hmm. <laughs> sucking dirt and I've raced nitro for 25 years so i i pretty much know how to oil a, a foam air filter now but there's some tracks that it's just it's like talcum powder it's so fine it gets through the filter no matter what and we were doing all kinds of stuff to try to keep the dirt out of the motor we were wrapping it with the horse wrap we we had plastic shields we put over the the whole entire air filter like dude i spent so much time just trying to save the motor from dying and then these tracks are notorious for that. And so I just figured, I thought there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be a better way to do this, you know? So I looked into paper air filters and paper was okay, but the performance wasn't really there for paper for our stuff. You know, if mm-hmm. you splash nitro on it, you're done. You're right. not finishing the race, you know? So we had to come up with some sort of filter element that would be durable and reliable and withstand all the dirt and nitro and all the all the grind that our cars develop so yeah that's why that's where it started you know necessity is the mother of all inventions so um i just figured after what 30 years there's probably a better filter design out there that just hasn't been discovered yet so um yeah i i teamed up with this company that manufactures the same type of filter, like the same idea mm-hmm. for desert racing teams. So they do like a lot with Baja 1000 teams. So you have to go, you know, thousand miles in these races or 500, whichever race you're in, you can't stop and change the air filter. Mm-hmm. That's not an option. So this material is just insane. It's, it's not paper. Everybody at first was like, oh, it's paper. I've seen this. Nothing new to see here. You know, 
but it's 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 a totally new synthetic material and it's super fine like it picks out so so a hepa certified air filter is anything that's 0 0.0 or 0.3 micron and smaller and that gets down to almost bacteria so it's very very fine okay. dust is not going to make it through there so that was the big thing you know uh it's 100 percent dry so all the dust at the track doesn't stick and accumulate on it you know every every tank you run you come back the thing's completely caked with dirt so it's worked out pretty good uh cole ran it this weekend at the warm-up race okay and he was really blown away what happens uh, if it gets uh wet if you saturate the entire filter it doesn't flow so it 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 clogs up with the water. Mm -hmm. um, but you'd have to you'd have to like dip the whole thing. In so water. nitro splash is not going to be an no, issue. No problem. Nope. Now no. you have the cool. outer foam too, as well, right? Yeah. So you have that outer foam, and that outer foam's different too, and it actually repels mm -hmm. some moisture. So it's a different type of foam. It's not a standard outer mm -hmm. filter like we've always ran. So um, yeah, no problems with nitro splashing on it then. Cool. Now these can be washed and reused, correct? Yeah. So, like I was telling guys on the on Facebook when it first came out, I I ran the current production model for three gallons. Mm -hmm. Never cleaned it. Just checked it, looked at it. Okay, put the cover back on it. I wanted to see like how long mm -hmm. you could go, and three gallons is an absurd amount of time. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> who's gonna go three gallons without checking anything? You know. So anyway, I just washed it this weekend. Really? It looks it looks brand new. I really? have it right here in the car. Yeah. What it are you washing it? What do you wash it with? Like simple green and stuff like that? Simple green or I like uh the maximum bio wash. Uh, okay. it's similar yep. to simple green. You just squirt it on and then it you know it gets real soapy, sudsy. And then I just rinsed it under warm water and because the maxima is biodegradable. Um rinsed it under warm water and I kind of just shook it into a rag, you know, mm -hmm. into a microfiber. And then I just let it sit overnight, let it dry. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and how much do these cost? And people can just go to clinic RC and pick up some. Yeah. So clinicrc.com, mm -hmm. uh, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, they're $28 for a filter and an outer. Um, it seems a little spendy, but it is, it's a new, it's a new design. It's a new technology. Mm -hmm. It's made in the USA. So it, it costs a couple bucks to make this thing. So, but if you can go two gallons, you're saving a ton of money over filters and oil and, you know, foams, mm -hmm. all that stuff. So it, I think the value is there for sure. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna pick one up when I finally get my my car built, and I would if I ever get to run it when I get to America. But uh, I yeah. like things like that, and um, it'll help save some money and make things a little easier for people in RC. Because, I mean, I hate oil and filters, you know. But uh, you, we were so used to that and stuck in that that frame of mind. So when anything new comes around, yeah. we always doubt it first. But yeah. excellent. Oh, yeah. It's pretty funny that the plastic uh, pinion squad is talking about the nitro uh, new products. That's right. This is the pink pinion crew. Uh, all right. Because, you know, 31's yellow and 33's black. So all colors and shapes.
Yeah, I, I, don't, like- I, I just I have no idea about plastic pinions. So, um, <laughs> all right, guys. So we have uh, some, you know, obviously this is a new year, 2022. We went through silly season. We had a very big silly season in eight scale. Uh, Joseph and I ran, are going to talk about that on our live because we're actually recording this before our live. Uh, but we did have some 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 small moves in the 10 scale world. Uh, first, I think the Rinnekeck move move to our like to R one was Can probably the biggest one. Can you just say his name right? Rinderkeck. How do we say it right? Rinderkeck. 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 There we go. Rinderkeck. That's it. I like Ren- I, but I like Rinderkeck better. I like that too. It's got a kick at the end. Yeah, I think we're just name. gonna. Yeah, but but do you know, and do we play by rules and call they weren't people calling Schmer's right name right all weekend either? Whose name? Uh, Schmer. Schmer. Yeah. Uh, they call it. They call him Schmore. They call him Schmear. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, funny joke. We watched A one at uh at uh JQ, JQ and I this weekend, and there Joey was a guy. QA. Yeah, there was a guy named Richard uh Woodcock uh, on there. <laughs> so could you imagine? Like he was a rider. So you know, just and you know the popular nickname for Richard is uh, you know. So anyway, uh, yeah. that's a hard name right there. But uh, Rin, I see. I forgot how to say it already. How do you say it, Kevin? Rinderneck. Rinderneck. Okay, Rinderneck. Yeah. It sounds like ring her neck. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, Rinderneck. See, I said it wrong again. He's too young for that. Don't introduce him to that yet. Yeah, Rinderneck. Tom. Rinderneck. Tom. Tom right. There we go. Tom. We got it. All right. So <laughs> Tom. Tom one. Tom, uh, he killed it at CRCRC this weekend. We're going to talk about that. But I think this was the biggest move for me in 10 scale. He left TLR. Uh, he's working for R1 Motors and like and ESCs. Like, do they have ESCs as well? And, and batteries uh, too. Batteries, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sweet. But he has not had a chassis announcement. Uh, I believe he ran two different chassis at uh, CRCR this weekend. I think he ran X-ray and mod. I guess he ran it in stock too. And um, he ran a different four-wheel drive. What are you guys' thoughts on this move? Uh, you can go ahead, Kevin. Put me on the spot. Yeah, um, you're going first. It's interesting. I wonder if he left TLR because he couldn't race as much anymore or if there was um, issues between him working for R1 and being paid by Horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a, I'm not uh, in the know on this one, mm-hmm. but I'm curious to see what, uh, what happened. Does he need to work more and less travel? Um, he did keep uh, JC as a sponsor, so I don't know. But uh, X-Ray was milking that he was first all oh, yeah, weekend long. That. They milked the hell oh, out of it. They loved that. Um, I believe he was running TLR for his four-wheel drive, so I don't know. I It looked more like someone that was stepping away from racing, but first race of the year, he's already there, and he's winning with another platform, so... I don't know. I, I saw a lot of people leaving TLR. We're gonna probably gonna talk about uh, people leaving AE two, but uh, mm-hmm. like the ten scale crew uh, left, uh, especially eight scale. I think yeah. a lot of people left TLR. So, what does that mean? Again, we can only uh, speculate, but uh, it's it's. I don't know. I think he wanted to work maybe a bit more, 
But then again, he raced the first race of the year. So maybe we'll know more in the next uh, couple of months. Yeah. How about you, Tony? What do you think about this move? I mean, it, it's been quiet. I don't think there's anything been posted about Tom and where he's going or what he's doing. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I think he just drove his stock through the roof, kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, pretty much whooped everybody right from the get-go. It was crazy. But uh, watching the races, the car looked good. You know, x-ray car's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, if he's working for R1, I mean, I guess he could run whatever he wants unless somebody wants to pony up and and really set him up, you know. Uh, not sure. Yeah, I, maybe he's just like the focus is on getting their motors and ESCs out there and not really his race, like whatever chassis he is. Maybe his that's where it's coming from, you know, kind of like – uh, hey, we just want you to win so you can run whatever. Maybe he has a deal like that, you know, maybe or whatever until he but gets a deal. Would an electronic company sponsor Racer from head to toe just to get his product out there? Mm, I, maybe. I don't know. That's that's the thing that's weird is like, I mean, R1's definitely wanting to, you know, duke it out in the stock market. Mm-hmm. Stock market's huge. Yep. You know, maybe there's enough money in that, you know, they can boost some sales from this. And, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's a weird deal for sure. Yeah. 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 And he ran stock this week as well as mod, but that's, we'll talk about that when we get to the race. So, yeah, interesting move, but he definitely had a great weekend. Hey, man, we'll talk about that pass that he pulled. But it was, it was really good. All right. I think the other big shock was the Norwegian, Daniel Kopovic. Uh, leaving X-Ray, going to Schumacher. Um, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess this is probably Schumacher is the popular car in in Europe. It's a lot of carpet racing going on over there. I know that you know Schumacher is pretty much known. I know Tony that they they run dirt too, but you know what I mean. Uh, Schumacher is probably one of the best cars when it comes to carpet and astro racing. Yeah, but X-Ray is pretty much second to to that too. Well, I don't know. They're they're the they're the AE versus Losi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, yeah, definitely, definitely. And if you're on that side, you're the enemy, and you're a cheater. We caught you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Kovac going to Schumacher. It's everybody in America is like whatever, but for Europe, it's kind of mm-hmm. a big deal because mm-hmm. you're going to the to the arch nemesis yeah yeah sure. i never even thought of it like that yeah wow oh, he's yeah. like taking all their secrets over to schumacher <laughs> there we yeah. go i love it yeah. we got some controversy going on there yeah it's it's a little it's a little dicey deal yeah for sure yeah pretty pretty strange and then um the young french driver uh clement boda he left ae uh also signed saw that he signed with jc uh, I, I was thinking maybe he's going to Schumacher as well, but then maybe I was thinking that he might be going to X-Ray to take uh, Kopovic's place. But X-Ray has a plethora of young... Did, did Kopovic went to... Um, he was in Florida too, right? Yeah, but he didn't oh, do yeah. too well. He didn't do oh, too yeah, well. But he was. main C-Main, he was back in the pack. Yeah. Uh, but they had that young, that other young guy that did really well in stock and mod and, and whatever. And but maybe Clement uh, goes to 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 X Ray. You'll see. It's interesting. He's been with Associated for quite a long time. 
but I, I oh. think the two American brands lost a lot of uh, of players in Europe. Yeah, uh, TLR and AE lost a lot of uh, Euros. Yeah, it's really. It was really. Sh- I was really shocked to see Clem. I think he, this kid's even come to America to race at some point. Yeah, I think he was at the really race. race. Yeah. yeah. So you know, not, that's like like you said, Tony. Maybe not a big move in America, but in Europe, this you know, in France, where racing's pretty big, it's definitely something that we looked at. And then uh, next up was Blake Champlin joining his brother Brock at Schumacher uh, from AE. So I guess this was a natural progression, being as Brock's a part of Schumacher. I guess it was only bound to happen, I guess, with maybe, I don't know, but another, and he's good. So another decent 10-scale driver uh, from the AE stable moved over. Any thoughts on that? Let's go with Kevin. Did he join the... Kevin and Tony. Did he join the LRP too? Do you know, uh, Tony? I haven't seen anything. Yeah. It's, it's probably just a natural because they, they do travel together a lot. Um, I don't think uh, Brock left in the best of terms with uh, AE. Mm-mm. So uh, maybe uh, Blake was um, chastised or something like that. So I don't, yeah. I'm not sure. Well, didn't um, Blake work at H? Didn't he work at AE? Oh, you're right. Yeah, he worked there. Huh. That was probably, not, probably not anymore. No. <gasps> Probably not packing kits anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what I. That's what I thought was a little strange. Like, oh, hmm. you're right. I didn't think about that one. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting, but it makes sense. Put them together. Put them on mm-hmm. the same plane. Send them the same tires. You know, type, you know. Oh, he's yeah. JC, but yeah, just it makes sense. Yeah, it's just natural. Sweet. Yeah. We're gonna talk about uh, LRP and. Uh, Michael uh, splitting ways. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, because he went to Hobby Wing. And Cav, and, too. Yeah. It was weird. Like, Cav was the... Like, usually Hobby Wing is super pro and has really nice presentation. I don't know if it's Charlie that does that or, or whatnot, but I felt like it was just done with PowerPoint with Cav's image on it. Was it a last-minute deal or something? I, I don't know. It was... Uh, everything was doing big news, but uh, Cav to Hobby Wing, like, just under the, the the table and there hmm. yeah just a, yeah. a side note yeah i don't know well arlosky and him will be teammates they're both teammates at hobby wing and and sundapal i see that sundapal went in it went into the pockets deep and sponsored a lot of 10 scale drivers on road and off road uh going into this year they uh, go big... in in phases eh like mm-hmm. you'll see them for two three years really really high they'll drop everyone they'll come back Three four years later. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. I agree. <clears throat> uh, I guess. I guess it just kind of is what it is. I mean, they, do they still have that? They do they still have that track that what, is Sundapal is where they had the worlds. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. So do they still have that facility and and whatnot in China? I don't no know. Clue. <laughs> nobody, <Nope>. knows. <laughs> nobody knows we don't know so you don't hear don't much know. from china anyway yeah nah. I, I think i don't see any real big uh disadvantages for these guys around in hobby wing um oh, you no. know no so, absolutely not yeah they'll be fine hobby wings come so far like i remember guys saying remember when everybody was laughing about it when it first came out no yeah. look so yeah. congratulations to them uh i think the biggest thing for me is what is Mayfield doing for 10 scale this year? We have heard absolutely nothing about this. 
Anybody will we has run a- 10 scale? Excuse me? Will, will he? We- uh, uh, I mean, I'm, pre- it- I'm pretty sure JC is going to ask him to run. Mm-hmm. Who's going to take care of that bill? JC, one up. No say. I don't know, dude. What's going to happen there? What about you, Tony? What do you think? T- what's up with Mayfield? Do you, you think this is he's coming on, winding on on his 10 scale career and going to just stick to eight scale? I don't know. It, you know, in a perfect world, you could probably hope to be in that position, kind of like Supercross, mm-hmm. where you can only sign a Supercross contract. You don't have to run mm-hmm. outdoors. And it's kind of a parallel with that because I think, just my opinion, Tent scale is kind of losing like its allure a little bit. Mm-hmm. These races seem to be just kind of doing this slowly, you know. Um, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I, I mean, with these guys, it basically comes down to a paycheck. Who wants to pay me? You know, mm-hmm. he's got to run a car that doesn't have an eight scale because he's not he's not dumping Mugen at this point. Mm-hmm. So who's that leave? Like Yokomo, <laughs> Schumacher, but that ain't gonna happen. Um, who else? Like I don't PR know. PR racing. PR. <laughs> yeah, that ain't gonna happen yeah, either. Drake signed up with those guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I mean, what's left really? You know. And what if he doesn't go with a ten scale ride? What if he just bags it all together for no. a year? Because this yeah, year's really. an eight scale world. Exactly. 10 scale worlds isn't for two more years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't have to do it too much. We, but we it, spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's funny, like how the older pros don't really want to run 10 scale anymore. On the pro level, I think it's losing a bit of his uh, of its uh, allure, like you were saying, or just uh, shininess. But I think the younger crowd, like the 17.5 and the mod guys, there's still that crowd that's growing. But on the other side like the the pro guys they don't want to wrench on tires anymore yeah but uh companies are coming out with uh, good slicks so that might change the the game too but mm-hmm. um like grinding tires sucks oh yeah. dude there's nothing worse than buying tires gluing tires grinding tires saucing them warming them running them for one night and then redo it again <laughs> but uh but- I think something was pretty interesting. Uh, I believe it was Q3. Tom Rinderneck, Tom from R1, was uh, just put on brand new, brand new tires for his uh, for his run, and he was saying that it was the best feeling ever. So, yep. if we can go back to glue him running, I think that's going to be a savior because yeah. grinding tires sucks. Yeah. And we were talking, uh, me and Keenan were talking yesterday, I think. In my back? Without me? Behind your back, yeah. It was actually about you, but I'm not going to tell you that part. Um, <laughs> so we were we were looking at the, the mod buggy A-Main and who's in there. And it's pretty funny. It's like a bunch of kids. And then there's, there's one that's, like you said, the older crew. The older crew, mm-hmm. you know. So... I think the 10 scale appeals to the younger crowd more. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's not as pricey. That's a that's a big difference too. Yeah, and it's not as intense at the race because even the club race, you got to have a fairly good pit guy and stuff. Like you mm-hmm. got to have mm-hmm. more things to have a good day, you know. 
um, these kids, they can throw their stuff in their car and run to the track and go throw down some heaters, you know? So, and I think they're good at that too. Like the younger generation, I think they're good at reacting to the car and things like that. Like uh, one, one little quick thing I noticed yesterday, I don't want to drag it on, but in one of the four wheel mains, I think every single car on the track crashed. And I was like, wow these guys are all really, really good. They're like the top few percent of our hobby and every single one of them crashed in this, in this main. Hmm. So it's like, wow, are the cars too fast, too much grip? What, what makes it so hard that they crash, that they make as a mistake, you know? Well, track was hard. Grip was high. Yeah. That, that, back section where you were jumping the double and yeah. you had that small s section it was yeah. pretty much a, a funnel and i don't remember who told me that i think it was kevin and bear about on road is stock guys usually go almost as fast as mod guys but it's trying yeah. to hold on to that baby for five or eight minutes that's the real challenge is that what we're going to see with the really high level of grips and uh, whatnot in off-road so the more skilled drivers are going to go in mod, but they won't go as fast because it's so hard to handle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We looked that at makes the times. Sense. We looked at the times from the 17.5 main. Yeah, you're right. From the mods and Tom's times would have put him second or third in the, in the mod main. To right? himself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny. We take a look at the two wheel drive uh, main and the two older guys are Spencer Rivkin and Dakota Fenn. A 22, and a 22 and a 24 year old yeah and evans but evans is like 40. dustin's hanging in there yeah but he didn't I don't make know if the he's two-wheel drive main nope. no just four wheel and truck yeah but my question would be uh let's let's i know we, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go into the race real quick but i just wanted to finish up on mayfield uh i think you all right so real life's catching up to a little bit second baby you know, I know when my second baby came along, life got a little bit more difficult. You want to spend some time there. Uh, I eight scales, his eight scale schedule is probably jam packed this year as well as, as most of these eight scale guys. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think, like you said, it's a world year. They're going to focus on that. Uh, that's a big focus, but it just seems so weird without, you know, we don't, we didn't have Tebow and now we don't have it. Like we didn't have Cav at this. I'm sorry. We didn't have Mayfield at this race. And it's going to be kind of weird not having these guys who have been a staple at these races. I mean, Cav kind of, I think even Cav did not want to run 10 scale anymore at one point, but I'll, I'll throw this out there and I'll go back to tires mm -hmm. is slicks ready to run going to save dirt off road. Cause Cav has been running, carpet off-road for a while because you just need to glue tires and that's it how is that going to affect because again prepping tires is a big portion of work i, I think you're just going to see more carpet and astro tracks yeah. pop up that's all it's just so much easier so much easier it's, and it's easy for the track too i mean yeah. the racers have a ton of work with dirt the track has a ton of work with dirt you know when you have carpet and you have eight jumps to choose from and you just move them around you're done new track let's go you know i mean yeah the dirt racing is pushing towards 
the grip of carpet, like the CRC, yeah. there were a few spots where I was like, wow, that car just turned like the non-watered <laughs> part, right? Oh my God. Like so quick, you know? So it's, it's like, it's, it's halfway there. Just go, just go the rest yeah. of the way, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I think, uh, I think that these guys still are good enough there. They can take, don't really focus on 10 at all this year. You know what I mean? And get ready for the worlds in 2023, you know? And I think that's just the best way to do it because if they don't, they just, they'll probably be on the road for, you know, eight scale and, and 10 scale, man. You'll be on the road for four weekends of the, of the month. If you really think about it at a different race nowadays. So, and especially the eight scale schedule, I think it's very, mm -hmm jam pack early because there's dnc there's sic there's uh silver state roar nationals er everything in the first like four months so yep. i'll probably be uh needing a break to prepare for for the worlds too yeah crazy 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 but that but we okay so but that all comes on to he still needs a 10 scale paycheck though you know what Does i he mean still have it he didn't say the opposite he's dropping yokomo so yeah, Who that's knows? what. So maybe, maybe he's worked out something with Yokomo to where he can stay on, and they're just like, "Hey, just stay on until whenever." You well, they just drop us. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just came out with new cars, so yeah. And and it's 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 a like I'm not. It's known that he gets a pretty decent salary from Yokomo. You know what I mean? It, the ten scale part of his salary. The ten scale part of his salary is a big portion of his salary. Well, I was a world champ, so yeah. Is that subsidized by Amen, or is that all from Yokomo? We probably, I'm sure there's some 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 subsidies from Amen. Just like I think even his Mugen contract is not all Mugen USA. I think uh, actual Mugen Japan takes care of uh, some parts yeah. of his contract. And also, you got to understand. Well, I know we're going on Mayfield. He also lost. Uh, MX MX support this year, and I know that the old man from MX. Paid a lot of these. He paid all these guys handsomely, and he also contributed to a lot of their travel. So uh, they th that's all going to be made up for in some some form with Mayfield. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Seems like he's staying with 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 Yokomo, and he's probably worked it out. Hey, I'm on a limited schedule. This is what we can do. So we shall see. We shall see. All right. So it's a great segue. CRCRC race. Um, I don't know much about this race. I just know that this race it used to be the first big eight scale race of the year. It was always the ten scale race the first week, and then it was the first big ten scale race, and then it was the the first big eight scale race back in the day when probably Tony and I were geeking out, you know, on eight scale. Uh, Thirty five years old, Tony. Uh, any? Can you give us a little bit of history on this race? Have you been to this race? I've never been to this race actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah I've read about it and heard about it and for years and years and like you said early early probably 2000s mm -hmm. uh it was pretty pretty big race yeah it yep. was almost nitro challenge type race mm -hmm. you know um pretty crazy a lot of coverage and a lot of entries and um yeah long yeah. long running race yeah sure. yeah in ohio right ohio uh rc factory it's called yeah so I mean, last year was a pretty good race there. Uh, we had, like, I think all the top guys went there. I didn't even think Mayfield might have been there last year, if I'm not mistaken. 
That was the takeout race. Remember the takeout? Yeah, wasn't it? The takeout. Wasn't it the takeout between <laughs> Fend and... Uh, Rivkin. Oh, that's when... That's he when was I turning. Started. No, he wasn't. Yes, he that's, was. That's I remember, your super slow-mo of uh, 180p quality video. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember Is I made a, a big deal about pixel? this. I'm not sure. Yeah, it looks like a tire. <laughs> We're going with it. <laughs> right. I forgot about it's that. It's all Rivkin's fault. My brain... My brain goes through so much stuff. I, I can't remember. All right, so let's let's look at this race. A uh, couple of things. All right, so where do we want to start on this? Um, Tony, you watched this race a lot this weekend. Quite a bit. Uh, yeah. yeah, give us some of your thoughts on because you was messaging me during seeding and stuff like that. Well, we, we was talking in our group chat. What were your thoughts on? Seeding. Some guys were fast in seeding, and go, and then they blew out in qualifying. And we we didn't see, we saw a few names that we thought we would see on on podiums. Like you know, I'm gonna say it. Like I thought Mona Crime, Matt Gonzalez was gonna was gonna be like you know, I I was expecting a podium from my from from Mona Crime, but man, he wasn't in, in either the A man rough rough first race of the year in mod like. Hey, welcome to the big boy class, Matthew yeah. Gonzalez. And Joseph and I talked about this this weekend, and it's like, dude, he's like, he goes, Keenan, man, mod's hard, dude. Like, you don't, you don't get it. Like, and so it's a big step up from he. When you get used to that, and he just said it's hard, and he he said he'll figure it out. But I mean, he's just this is like your first race of the of your mod career. You want to do well, so I, I know this had to hurt. Uh, Warner Crimes confidence, but don't worry, Warner Crime. I still have faith in you. Well, uh, he did. Uh, I think two races at the end of twenty one in mm-hmm. um, in Mod, but at yeah. his home track, which he right. did really, really well because he knew the surface, he knew everything. Um, yeah. On that new surface, I don't know what his uh, um, uh, setup was or what his uh, preparation to the event was. But I don't think he was comfortable the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he broke the four-wheel drive B main too, so it was a rough weekend. Yeah, yeah. That what? first the first race he ran mod was the Top Gun shootout. Yeah, okay. And he did pretty good. I think he podiumed or close. Um, I don't I don't remember, but uh, I think he was probably like wow this isn't too bad and then he went out to ohio and it was like nope. i know on his on his facebook post today he was like i was making wholesale changes everything was garbage you know yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's tough it's tough to throw everything in a bag and go somewhere and mm-hmm. put it on the track and it's dialed like yeah stock it's a little easier because the power is applied a little little easier so you might be able to get away with some deficiencies in your driving and your setup and the car's still okay you know mm-hmm. uh but mod i think it's going to show you where your weakness is right away and you got to fix it you know and trying so, to go for corner speed or trying to go one way on the setup but it doesn't forgive on the power that yeah. side it's 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 hard and this track's so high grip, like you said, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's instant, instant penalty, you know. Well, we've seen this before. Uh, I, I, and, and I'm going to bring up his name, Drayton Stubb, Dragon, he, who did really well at this race. He was a super fast stock racer, you know, the next big thing. And he, when he went up to mod, he struggled. And then, but he went back to stock, caught himself, and 
I guess he's back in March. I hope he's racing more. You know, he, yeah. he, he raced last year, but not as much as we thought he would. He had a good weekend this weekend. Um, but I think uh, Matty, Matt, Matt can take take from this. He'll learn because, you know, you know, the best way to get better is to get your ass kicked. Or you got to get beat down sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you got to just, you just, just climb back up. You know what I mean? It, it's... It's it just how it is, man, and that you'll he'll get there. Like I'm full confident that he'll get there, but uh, I still believe that you need to run Nitro, uh, Matthew Gonzalez. But uh, I still have faith in you, dude. You're gonna do it for Mexico all the way. So, but it was definitely a big surprise for him not to be in the main. Still for me, I you think know. he was surprised. Yeah, yeah. So. But then again, who takes care of his Nitro program? JQ. <laughs> Him and JQ are friends. No, he would. No, I mean, who would pit him? No, he needs. Pit. He always tells me he needs a pit guy when he does that. You know what I mean? I think that's a lot of guys for they want that really good pit guy. But hopefully, we get to see. Uh, I I'm not worried about Matthew Gonzalez. I think he's going to step up. He'll to be the fine. Plate, get he'll things fine. right. Yeah, he'll be fine. I'm not worried yeah. about it. Yeah. Not worried about it at all. All right, so let's talk about. Uh, all right, so let's just talk about Rinnekenick, who had a great, great weekend. Uh, Tony was like, Rinnekenick's a beast. And I was like, what are you talking about, Tony? And then when I saw the pass that he pulled on, um, was it on Horn? It was on Drayton. Pulled... Yeah, it was on Drayton. Oh, it was on Drayton. So, like, uh, they're all friends, too, right? Yeah. Oh, man, what? That was some exciting racing at the end. He he hit that. Um, It was A2, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So he hit the... um. They, they, they started to catch each other up, and he hit that that corner. Like I saw a lot of people hit that in that chicane type of thing. And I was like, oh, it's all over. And then when he came back and he made that pass on that la- on like the – oh, man, Dude, that was awesome. The last lap, he had like 20, 30 feet to make up. Yeah. And he was like, huh? okay. <laughs> you know. I was watching the race. I got a text, blinked, brought my <laughs> eyes up. I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, what an awesome pass! What an awesome comeback, man! What did Drayton just kind of? Do you think Drayton just kind of said, "I got this in the bag"? Or did, I didn't see him make too many mistakes to I, for, to I allow think, that to happen. I think he got a little nervous. I, yeah. when he got in the lead. He was like, "Oh shit! Now I'm in the lead. <laughs> now I'm in the lead. Don't screw up." And that's when you like put it in the wall. You know, I I, I saw some his car like kind of doing some weird stuff. So I think he was a little nervous up there, but it's easier uh, to chase. Yeah. Yeah. You get out front and it's the last lap. You're like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, Renner connect would take the win, win both uh, a one and a two in like just a one in commanding fashion. Hey, and a I'll, good re- I'll just call the elephant right now. You want to talk about him running stock and mod? Of course I do. Of course I do. But do uh, we, I have to give him his credit where is the where is due because he had the pass of the he, he had the pass the of the race. I tell you who would have had the pass of the race if it was clean. It would have been Rivkin over Horn mm. and he over jumped him. And that's when I knew Tony was talking about. I knew what you're talking about then. But that if he would have oh. pulled that off, it would have been the pass on the race. Um, there was no pulling that off. Somebody yeah. was somebody was going home on the wrecker. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and yeah. actually that was Aiden Horn who got the worst of that, and he yeah. shouldn't have. And he and and Rifkin got away with. I know. I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm sorry. I know he's your guy, but he got away with a big one on that one. Yeah. He risked it, and he didn't lose anything on that. He gained on it, and and poor Aiden yeah. Horn. 
his teammate. That's the other thing, too. I'm telling you, there's something good. I'm telling you, I know it. It is the young guy coming up. Spencer's the older veteran now. He's seeing what happens. He's seeing himself and Aiden coming up. I'm telling you, there's there's something coming on there. There's something coming on there. I can sense it. My spidey sense senses it. But uh, yeah, Are Rifkin in third. Are they friends? Um, I would. I don't. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think all the AE got. Wow. Who knows? You know. But um, Aiden Horn had a very good 2021. He's coming. Yeah. He's very coming. good. Yeah. Very he, good. I saw that when I watched that pass live. I was like. It's all or nothing. That was with that. That was a little frustration, I think, too, because mm-hmm. in the beginning, I think Aiden tagged that pipe and it kind of caused a huge pileup. Yes. And I think I think Rivkin got shuffled back a little bit and then he spent the rest of the main chipping away and knocking guys off. And then he got to Aiden. And I think he was like, I have zero patience. I'm going for it. You know what I mean? Like, and he sent it and it worked out for Spencer. But- yeah, but he had pace too. Like it happened in two oh, drive. Sure. It happened the same thing in A2. Like Spencer was there. He was stuck up between either Drayton or whoever. And he just couldn't make it. So there's he tagged the pipe. Someone tagged the pipe. So he'll lose like one, two spots, but he was still faster. So he was yeah. anyways, that's racing, guys. Yeah, he that's got how right it goes. Yeah. That's how it goes. Uh let's just go through the top ten real quick. And then, uh, hold on, where two was I lost? Wheel. Yeah, two-wheel drive. So, like I said, it was uh, Renanick, Staub, Drayton Staub. Great, great two-wheel drive performance for Drayton Staub. Uh, you know, I'm glad to see him racing. I've had him on the podcast. I know his dad, Chad. Um, you know, he ran JQ for a while. He he set the world on, RC world on fire. You know, everyone was talking about, about Drayton. He, another one that I think needs to run some more Nitro, but... Uh, good result for him, man. Good result for him, I'd say. He that was a hard fought, fought second for him. Rivkin, Aiden Horn just missing out on on probably getting a third place, and then I would say a great fifth for Lee Setzer. Um, he's he's really hit the ten scale track a lot in the last few months, and I, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure he'll be he'll be at SIC. So Cole Tallard probably would not be happy with a sixth place. You know, Cole Tallard would want to be on. Would want to be winning, trying to win this, or definitely be on the podium. Uh, definitely not a very good weekend for two wheel drive for Fend. Do we know uh, if he was running the new car prototype? I have I'm no sure idea. He, I'm sure he was. Yeah, I think he broke. Okay. He broke quite a bit. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chase Lemu, who's this? Chase Lemu. I know so, Aaron Kaufman. That's Paul Lemu's son. Really? He got second in one of the mains. Wow. Second or third. I know Rifkin was chasing him, chasing him, chasing him, but Chase just kept it together. Yeah. Wow. How old is he, do you think? He's he's young. I would yeah. I don't know for sure, but I would say teens, early, you know, mid teens maybe. Okay. Well the apple does not fall too far from the tree. Mm-hmm. It seems. So yeah, he Great. just started racing recently, I think a couple years ago. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's definitely going to be one to be looking at here in the future. Uh, Aaron Kaufman, another great uh, Northeast racer, TLR racer, him, very nice family. Um, Austin Wick, um, I've heard the name. I'm not familiar with him. 
And Charlie Marinara, I've seen his name pop up a lot in all 10 scale races here recently. So, uh, like I said, man, a good, a good, I think Dustin Evans would be disappointed for not being in her as being a 10 scale specialist. Obviously, uh, like we was talking earlier, uh, Born a Crime definitely would want to be in her. Who else can be? Hey, I'll give a, a small shout out to uh, Dylan Raposo, a 12 year old kid from uh, Canada, lives mm -hmm. in Toronto x-ray driver that uh, drove to the state race mod he had a rough time in two-wheel drive because you know he had to take his pcr tests to get back so he missed one of the quals and uh, was stuck in the jungle but i think he finished uh eight uh let me see in four-wheel drive overall he finished uh, 20th uh, just uh one place uh before uh matthew gonzalez so really young kid really talented um, that's a name to 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 remember because mm -hmm. I think he's going to be really fast in the in the future. Yeah, uh, I I know Dylan as well. Watched him run running some eight scale stuff. He's really good. Yeah, really good. Nice family. Uh, looking at some of the probably most known for eight scale guys: Tyler Jones in twelve, Spencer Hackett in thirteenth. I believe they are both running S Works two wheel drives. Um, uh, Tyler's running low C. Is he? I thought he had S works for some reason. No, he just All switched right. uh, Tyler to Tyler Jones. Run, he's okay. for Techno four wheel and nitro and eight scale, and then he was running oh. for Schumacher last year. In yeah, yeah, drive. that's what I thought. Yeah, but then uh, got a low C now. Yeah, I think also who would be disappointed with their performance at this race would be Tater Sontag. You know, set another young set the world on fire in stock. Uh, seems to be struggling this year well you know he's 19th but uh let's see what tater can dustin do. evans really... in 15th who was that dustin evans yeah dustin evans man I, I i don't know man i think it's i i i think it's time for dustin evans i don't know i don't know i'm not trying to say nothing i'm sure it's still of value but uh i mean he would be very disappointed for not being in the a main so well that's and this year for this race I don't want to rub salt in it, but mm -hmm. it was a really small turnout. It seems like, mm -hmm. you know, I think years ago there was 500 entries, you know, and 200 people where yeah. this year there was like 130 people and 300 and something entries, you know? Yeah. But if you take a look at top 15 in pro or mod or whatever you want to call it, the usual names are there except uh, maybe a couple of breakout, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. like chase could be probably one of them like there's mm -hmm. a couple of breakout performances but all the regular names are there so well no what i'm saying is no mayfield no cavalry no Tebow, no tie no tie no tasman like there's there's you know five or six spots that if you're if you finish 19th at this race and then they had a full attendance you would be 25th right. like yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like that's what i'm talking about like the attendance that right you know not a full house of of top national guys you know right i so. i i think we're just gonna have to get used to that though i think we're gonna see cav at a lot of these races but uh we'll see we'll see it's just gonna be weird it's gonna be a transition for us i think not to see these guys there but like I think it's gonna come back to it when they start taking this seriously again. The cream will always just rise to the top. So it's it these young races like Drayton, Tom, Aiden, Lee, even Cole. They, it, I hate to say you know, Dakota's only you know twenty four, but I'm not worried too worried about Dakota because he'll be there. 
But this is a great time for these guys to hone their craft and, and get ready for these guys when they do come. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of things like Lee Setzer, Aiden Horn, and, and Tallard. And I, it's going to be, and even guys like Kaufman, because Kaufman's been making a lot of A-mains as well, even with Cavallari and Tasman and those guys there. And um, so hey, it's going to be interesting to see. Just one point, his mom. His mom is a workhorse at every oh, every track they race. Very nice. I yes. saw them. I saw his family at Beach RC a couple of years back. I was watching practice. So I want to talk about the format of the race afterwards. But like in practice and seating, you would see his mom on the track all the time, blow the track. His dad uh, works mm-hmm. really hard too. Like these guys have it dialed and they work yep. so hard. That's Very uh, nice family. That's the way it should be. Very nice family. I met them at the Nationals last year. Very nice. Definitely going to have to get him on her and talk to him. Can we talk about the format? Yeah, sure. What about it? That's a 10-scale race. So, yeah, having quals on Friday and Saturday is pretty fun. But they had practice on Wednesday, another practice on on Thursday. Don't you think like a 10-scale race shouldn't be like five or six days? Not with 130 yeah. people. Yeah, not with the little bit of entries that they had. That's no. a long, that's a, it's a lot of commitment to travel and do stuff mm-hmm. like that when, is it really yeah. worth it? How many total heats was there? I forgot. Um, let me go yeah, check. Pulled up there. <clears throat> so for like, race with all their AAA mains and everything, they had 55 heats. But how like much they for, had uh, entry count. How much for qualifying? I'm all over the place. Give me a second. Uh, 38. Yeah, that's five days, quite a bit. Yeah. And that's 135, 136 people with 345 entries. That's uh, a lot of people, a lot of heats for maybe nothing. Yeah, and then was it five days? So yeah, they gotta slim this down a little bit. You know what I mean? Wednesday, Thursday, qual on Friday, and so on. Yeah, I mean this could have started on on Friday even. You know what I mean? Or just to have one day of practice doesn't matter if it's limited practice. Everybody's gonna have the same amount. You do control practice, so everybody goes on the track three or four times for four minutes or something like that. But if you have a schedule. It's less mm-hmm. days off from work. It's less travel. It's less yeah. days off from school for kids. It's yeah. all stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think with this race being so long, this probably affected the turnout uh, of this race. Uh, I don't think <laughs> we, I, I, that's something we're going to talk about here at the end. We, I think this might be the last of this race. So, it, it would be a shame if this was if it didn't get the high entry comp. But it also comes down to a little bit of what you kind of said earlier, Tony. Even just you know, uh, maybe on a regional level, ten scales booming. You know what I mean. But on a national level, going to these type of things, we're probably not seeing as as many people traveling. This you have your stock guys that travel, and then obviously your mod guys traveling. Yeah, but having oh. an indoor race, I just cut you off, buddy. I'm sorry. Yeah, no but worries. having indoor races. Wouldn't that be the perfect occasion to try and have longer days? Like, let's have three long yeah, ass yeah. days instead of stretching it on five days. 
I was I talking to it uh, right before you froze because yes, this is going to be edited and Keenan froze with a beautiful picture. Um, <laughs> so, you know what? Like, this is a five day that I just sold a punch. I know. So, this is a five day race. So, if you want to get there for Wednesday practice, you need to take Tuesday off because obviously you need to be there when mm -hmm. the doors open. So, that's six days of a hotel. That's like 800 bucks plus tires, plus parts, plus food mm -hmm. and all the all the jazz so it is it does make that race very costly it's, yep, it's as expensive as going to dnc or silver state or yep. one of those big race and i don't mm -hmm. know what the race fee count was but it's probably wasn't 20 bucks so yep. if we want to have 10 scale keep on growing and save mm -hmm. the national ish level stop with the five day events I, yeah and that goes to eight scale too you right. know what i mean you know if um, you want to do like let's do pra open practice on friday and worst case scenario no one practices it's going to be the same thing for everyone everybody's going to be equal so less practice let's do uh maybe one call on friday night two calls on saturday and let's go to sleep very late but it's better that than taking five or six days off and if you want to bring your kid to to that race first week right back after new year's oh by the way on a five-day uh school mm. week you're taking three days off yeah your no, kids can be uh, super happy <laughs> maybe not your wife and maybe not the teacher yeah and not your yeah, bank account after <laughs> christmas and new yeah. year's that's another thing oh. too that's a tough one yeah bad yeah. yep. <clears throat> oh, okay so moving on we'll get on to four-wheel drive uh dakota fan the phenom he dominated one a1 and a2 and in, in dominating fashion uh not for much to say about that he kind of pulled away and that was it <laughs> i don't think any did anybody challenge him at one point in this in the four-wheel drive man no no. Fen just was like, I'm on cruise control. I got this. I'm a veteran at 24 years old. Uh, <laughs> actually, he's on. He's on the. He's the. He's the main interview on this week's uh, on this podcast as well. And it was. It was a really good chat with him. So the best I think part is going to enjoy that. The best part is we probably have 10 more years of racing for the Coda Fen and Rifkin. That's going to be yeah. amazing. 10 more years of them battling each other. I and and the rivalry brews. I can't <laughs> wait. Keenan with them. I've already I'm stoking <laughs> that fire. Uh Aiden Horn, man, edged out his his teammate, Spencer Rivkin. That rivalry is brewing too. Uh a close one. I think what Aiden got a second and a fourth and a first. So to Spencer's third, third, and second. I think uh I think Spencer is hungry to win something. Period. You know what I mean? He he came very close last year in eight scale. Uh, he he is I don't care what you're gonna say here. It's 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 definitely Aiden's the young guy coming up to him, even though he's young, and he's got a he's got a Spencer. Even though he's the number, we know that he's the number one AE guy in America. But I, I think you got guys like Aiden Horn and and Cole Tallard, and then you got guys like Lee Setzer, who's probably at the a little lower than that coming after him. But well, Lee's pushing. Lee, Lee's working yeah. really hard on his program. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler Jones wheeling the techno, uh, techno four wheel drive, which I, I guess is we don't see too many guys running this car. I mean, in four wheel drive, so he got a fifth. He got gifted a second in that pile up in A two, and he came out of there uh, and and got a good second place against Dakota. And uh, of course, 
We had Tom from R1 and a, a great fifth place and another solid performance for Lee. Austin Wick. Uh, who is Austin Wick? Do you guys know who he is? I'm sorry, Austin, if I if if I don't know who you are. He's a Midwest guy, I think. We see okay. his name once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um but I, I was trying to remember what he drives. Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. what car he drives, but yeah, I think yeah. he's fast. Does he have a brother too? I think. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll find out after this podcast. He, he qualified <laughs> 16th to get in the seven spot. So, bump from the yeah. B main. He did good. No. Yeah, that's good to see. Cole Tallard. He would be disappointed with eighth. You know, he's, 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 I think he's finished school. So he's doing this full time or as best as he can full time. But uh, Cole will get it. Very great driver, though. Good driver. Nice, uh, mild mannered young man. I like Cole a lot. And uh, the, the veteran, Dustin Evans, 10 scale specialist, a ninth. Still, but, you know, it's, it's, he would, but I guess that's good for him. He made the A. And uh, Tater Sontag, 10th, and Drayton. Not a good four-wheel drive performance at all. Tenth, ninth, tenth. But, yeah, it'd be good to see Drayton get up there and, and get a good podium and, and do well. I know he's better than his results. So anything you guys want to talk about, uh, talk about or take that you took from the, the four-wheel drive finals before we move on and talk about stock a little bit? I think we touch everything. Yeah. Sweet. <clears throat> all right. So I, I have to ask this because I asked this in the in the NNRC Discord, and I know this happens. So Renaconnect, Renaconnect. Tom from R1. Ren, Tom for R1. I'm sorry, Tom, man. I'm sorry I butcher your name, man. I am so sorry. I apologize. Uh, Tom for R1, he ran stock and killed it there as well. Now, I asked how does this happen, right? Because, you know, my brain thinks like stock is – like open, you know what I mean? Or stock is the, oh, as we said, what was it? Spec mod, we called it, Tony? It's not stock. It's definitely, yeah. definitely not stock. But how can he, how, so if, look, I'm, I'm like, extra track time does help. It's got to help. It, I mean, it does help. He's, he, he ran a two-wheel drive main in stock and then comes right away and does a two-wheel drive uh, mod main right after that. I mean, the rules allow for it, so. Per rules, it's okay. But doesn't this happen in other races as well? Or what, what's the deal with this? Go ahead, Tony. Go ahead, Kevin. You're always going first. <laughs> He's Are you saying up there? <laughs> so if this guy works for a motor company, he mm -hmm. has to represent his stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay? If Tom would have um, only raced mod, his name would have been again, not Tom from right. R1. Right. Like, let's go over the other names. No one, we're, we have a hard time remembering the chassis. No one gives a crap about what motor they run. But it's as important having a good ESC and a smooth motor is as important in mod, has to have something that's super powerful in stock. But then again, if his job is to sell motors, Mm -hmm. And he's not a sponsored driver. He's also working for the company. He didn't really have a choice to run stock. But it's the same debate that we that JQ has been bashing over Drake. If you can run 40 plus, you can't run pro. Yeah, I, 
I, I'm, I, I get that part. I get the business side of this. I really do. I understand that. But I just, I guess, I guess at, do you, at one point, do you, because let's just be honest, like stock is just way bigger than mod. And it's, I just don't see mod ever, ever getting to that ever again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I know it's, it's not an argument in other countries because they don't run, they don't have stock and mod and all that stuff, but it is an American thing. And stock is where the money is and where these companies are making money. But so is he, this is like AJ Marasco because AJ Marasco works for Trinity. You know what I mean? And so he's like forever going to be in stock because yeah. that's where the money is. So is, are we going to see that type of choice with, with Tom? Is he going to have, a, is he going to have to just stay in stock? And, and I don't know, like what's going on with this? It's just like Gonzalez. Yeah. For the last two years, what's he done? Run stock. Why? Right. Because that's pays the bills, pays one of right. bills, pays, you know, Phantom's Phantom. bills, you know, it's that's the that's the way it is right now you know mm -hmm. so if tom's working for r1 r1 says hey we want to be out there and more relevant and promoting maybe win this race mm -hmm. let's run let's run 17.5 you know mm -hmm. did he run 13.5 four wheel i don't think so no. okay no. so that's a little strange i would have if i was running r1 i'd be like tom 17.5 two-wheel, 13.5 four-wheel. You can play and mod if we want, but those are the two. That's what we're sending you for, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe by not having a chassis sponsor or he didn't have the option parts for to run stock or he wasn't ready to compete with the other 13.5 guys. But, uh, it you know, imagine getting stuck in seating. Like there is 80, 86 drivers. So take whatever second half name. Imagine getting stuck in seating, or if Tom would have broken in, in seating, being stuck with the jungle in the back. Imagine Mr. 82 at stuck on the same uh, heat as Tom. It like there's no way 86, these 86 guys in stock were high level sponsored drivers. Mm -hmm. But they run 17.5 in their club race, so yeah. I'll, I'll enter 17.5. But being stuck in the J main is hard. Like they, they, we need to find a way to separate Joes from Bros. 21.5. Yeah. That's the real stock class. There you go. I, I agree. But then 17, again, 17.5 is psycho. Okay, go. F imagine if you started RC today. You went and got a car, build it, come to the track, prep your tires. Let's say you had somebody there holding your hand, doing everything, all this little stuff you got to do. You go out, you run novice for two months. You're like, I'm done with novice. I'm running up to stock. You go run 17.5. Dude, you're going to get lapped like eight times at a club race. <laughs> we don't have novice here, but we run 17.5 fixed timing motor. So instead of put, putting 150 bucks in a R1 Trinity or whatever brand you want to talk about, yeah. you're going to be running a fixed timing motor with everybody's on the same thing. But like our lap times are pretty close together on a below average uh, talent pool, you know? But so go ahead. I, I, I guess we just have to look at this like 450 and 250, like motocross. So. You, like Christian Craig, he's 30 years old and still doing 250 class. You know what I mean? 
Davalos spent his whole career in in pretty much in 250 class. I think if we kind of just look at this like that, it will make a little bit more sense. But I like that thinking, but I think it comes down to, all right, so is are you going to focus on just that class? Or, or is it fair to dabble in both? And I... <laughs> I guess is I guess it's fair if 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 all the top guys do that as well. But I mean that's just another class to add if they're running like stadium truck, four wheel drive, adding two wheel drive. So I, I don't know if we look at it like that and 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 it's the two fifty class and the ultimate. It's it's still the ultimate goal should be get to the four fifty class at the end of the day. But um, I don't know because I don't know. look at Christian Craig. So Christian went through two fifties with Honda, did pretty mm-hmm. good, won some races. He never won a championship. And then he went up to 450s, and he was mid-pack lap down. Okay? Mm -hmm. Instantly, he's nobody. Okay? You're you're part of the rest of the guys. So Christian dumps Honda, goes to Yamaha. I think he ran a season on 450s, got smoked, went back down to 250s. Now he's he's the man. Guess what? Guess what? He's, He's making money. Yeah, I guess that's what we he's, have to look he's at. He's making as. money, so he's he's making himself relevant because now right. everybody's talking about him. If he finished fourteenth and four fifties on Saturday, who would be talking about him? Nobody, you know. Right. So, I think I think, like I said from the beginning, we have to look at the stock stuff a little bit different. We, mm. We're trying to look at stock like twenty five years ago, and we have right. this envisionment: this is what stock is. This is what stock is. Well, not anymore. It's changed, you know. Coming and from the guy that sells stock, hot tons lots. of stock, tons of stock stuff. Yeah, How, stock is right. stock is driving most of the industry in electric. Right, right. How many right. tracks I, run twenty one five? Is that sort of starting to be a? Um, how can I say? Is it starting to be a thing everywhere? I don't know for sure. I couldn't give you a number. Um, mm-hmm. I know that on a national level they dabbled with it with the j concept series with hobby wing and ron sure as a non-sponsored uh, class yeah show up here's your motor everybody's running the same gearing same motor everything uh i think there's more tracks doing it i just speak from experience at our local track there it probably brings 25 to 30 more people to the track every weekend awesome Hmm. And it, it at times it's the biggest classes. You know, I would say more than half the time it's the biggest classes here. Um, That's awesome. Because because 17.5 is psycho. You know, you got, uh, I mean, we got guys like me. I've raced for almost 30 years running 17.5. You don't want to race me if you just started. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I it, it, there's got to be something in between. So I think that's the key. Well, I, I think what you said about it is we're thinking about it like 25 years yeah. ago. I think we just have to, I just think I have to just accept, uh, Max, actually Max said it in the Discord, he goes, because you, you're looking at, don't look at this like as an open class or anything like that. It is, it's just a class of racing. And and then your an- analogy of Christian Craig is exactly right. I mean, if they're going to sit here and make money and, you, and you're going to make yourself relevant in this class, and this class is way bigger than mod. You know what I mean? The only thing that it doesn't have, it doesn't have like the Cavalleries and all those, the, you know, the upper echelons of our industry in there. But these guys are superstars in the stock world. Yeah. 
So I think I think if if I look at it like that, because I'm watching, like I say, I'm watching Brennan Schimmel. You know, I watched him. He he races everything. So you know, he kind of focused on on stock and and ten scale lasher, and he's making a name for himself and he's staying relevant and and he's doing well. So maybe this is just a class that he's gonna he's gonna be at, and we just kind of probably have to just like you said, look at it from your point of view, uh, and just I think if we do that, then we can accept this and enjoy it as as spectators too. I think you know so. what I, I mean. I think so because this is it's its own thing. It's not going away. Yeah, yeah, it's not. No, and and I think if we can, look, I, I think that's kind of where my brain is changing on it. See, you know, obviously. And the Drayton Stoop thing is just like Christian Craig. Drayton, right. Drayton was was AE all the way, running mm-hmm. mod, and then he just quit. And then he started running stock on his own privateer again, and he did well at a couple of races. So now all of a sudden, Drayton Stoop is relevant again. And now, well, no, he went to he went to Yokomo, and then he went to mod. He quit for a little then, while though. Totally right, quit. he quit after Yokomo. Yeah, yeah. He quit after Yokomo. Went back to AE like privateer. Yep. Yep. And then went back to stock, yep. like, and then went back there, got relevant again, got his his confidence, and then went back up to mod. Yep. And he's not, he's not dominating, dominating like he did stock. No, no, no. But he's doing well, though. Uh, yeah, he's doing well. Dude, who would so take he's, a second at this race? Yeah, exactly. If Mayfield you know? finished second, you'd be like, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. You know what I mean? So. So I, I think for myself, I'm I'm not, you know, obviously I call it pink pinions and all that stuff, but I'm kind of, my, my brain is now starting to turn indifferent because it just, it's not going anywhere. This is the money maker intense scale. And it doesn't matter. I, I think it doesn't matter if these guys make money off this anymore. You know what I mean? They should because like a Brennan Schimmel is traveling to these races just like any other like yep. like Cavalario, any of these other guys would travel to races. So he's just not in their class, and he's relevant in this class. And I think that's fine. Yeah. The difference for me is when they start dabbling in both, I think. And then if that's the case, then we kind of just have to put a line there and say, hey, if you're going to be stock spec mod, we should just call it spec mod. You know what I mean? Then that's what you run. You don't dabble into mod as well. And I think that would be fair. Uh, I'll just challenge you to something. Top five mod two will drive buggy. Tom Rindenek drives R1 motors. We know. Drayton Stout. Mm-hmm. What does he drive? Phantom. Phantom. I want to say, yeah, okay. Phantom. Rivkin Hobbywing. Aiden Horn. Reedy, probably. Reedy, I would say. Reedy. You're right. And Lee Setzer. Reedy, too. Reedy. But yeah. Average person won't know this. Mm-hmm. Like, as if you go in stock, where is it? So, Tom Rinderneck, R1, Kyle Go, mm-hmm. Reedy, Brendan Schimmel, Trinity, Trinity, yeah. Jeff, Stackowitz, Trinity, Stackowitz, yeah, Mr. Uh, Ryan Harris, Patreon, Colin Miles, I don't know who he is, but yeah. like, I mean, people will know. Mm-hmm. The motor, because the motor is what matters exactly. in stock. Well, yeah. well, if if Tom's running R one and mod, nobody cares. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because, That's what he's getting at. That's yeah, what he's getting. Seventy at. to eighty percent of the customer base isn't running mod. Yeah, like like so Trinity Dakota Fen Motors. Like, 
I hope they didn't make a whole bunch of those because I don't know. Like, I mean, they're gonna sell. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. sell twenty five monsters to one of those. Promise you. Mm-hmm. Like everybody in stock is gonna try to have the latest and greatest, yep. a fresher motor mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yep. People yep. don't change a bearing on mod motors. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree How's with that. Motor? Ah, two three years old, still running really good. It's change ripping. the sensor wire. That's it. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So that's exactly why Tom from R1, that's his new name. So that's why Tom, (laughs) that's why Tom was in stock. That's exactly for this, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I think if, I think right now, if he had to make a choice, that's where he would go. Well, you know, the first thing paying his bill would probably highly suggest him to, Hey buddy, why don't you run 17.5? Yeah, yeah, because they gotta make money. They gotta sell motors. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I've changed my brain thinking on that. Jerry Fisher, you would be happy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, good stuff. And I just have, I just have to shout out to Brendan because I watched him all year working hard, and um, I have to give him some credit and shout out to him. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Anything else? Okay, so let's talk about this. We heard that this is probably the last race at this venue um i think tyler jones might have said something about it in his his race report uh i heard that there that the the building might have got sold or whatnot like that so it's it's quite a shame um maybe maybe not the same as the ocrc type of takeover or whatever but i mean another iconic rc track gone and yeah, it kind of sucks, but I get it. Like, you know what I mean? 35 years, probably got a deal on the on the building if that's the case where they said, hey, man, we, you know, as as things as things dwindled on like this, you know what I mean? Not getting the entries that you need for this race and all that stuff. RC's hard, dude. Making money in RC is hard, and maybe they just, like, said, hey, man, we had enough of this after 35 years. And That's a long time. I think that's... Yeah, I think I think you can say, yeah, that's that's a long time. That, if they deserve a break now. But... You were talking about why are we seeing less big 10 scale races and stuff like that. The staples of the industry are closing down. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. if. This is where carpet and Astro is going to come big into play in uh, 10 scale. 100%. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much easier. I mean, my buddy Tony Scarcella, uh, he. Shows me what they have, like, in some... It looks like an old church hall, and they have it permanently, and they have an on-road and an off, and it's just it's like, yeah, we can do track changes, all this type of stuff. And I just... I just... I think we just have to... I, I've accepted it. It's fun. Let's have it. And, and it's great for new people to get in. And it's just... I think you're just going to see less and less dirt tracks. The only thing I would like to see is maybe an outdoor type of track, yeah. but... Like hot, hot rod. Hot rod, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's just carpet is the future, man. Like I mean, we just can't. We can with carpet, you can put a race in the mall. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, that's the thing. Like years and years ago, when I looked at doing tracks and owning a track or building one or buying one, everybody's game until you tell the landlord, "I'm gonna fill this place with dirt," and, and they're water like, it. they're like, huh? Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. gonna fill it full of dirt, and they're gonna be like, 
I've been there. I've stood and talked to these people. They're like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> That's not going <laughs> to yeah. happen in my building, you know? So it's a tough sell. Uh, yes. Another thing that you see is dirt tracks close, but none of them are opening. Yeah. I don't see a lot. I don't see dirt tracks opening. I see carpet tracks opening. Um, hey, we have a really nice one in Montreal that just opened up. You guys, you guys have one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we'll still see these tracks. You know what I mean? I, my local tracks dirt been dirt for, yeah, you know, yeah, they'll, they'll still hang on. But I mean, it's, it's just like the whole industry is going towards carpet. carpet. Yeah, but you know tomorrow what I mean? morning, us so, three. Let's uh, we drink one or 12 beers and let's start a 10 scale track. I got this, uh, this uh, local, it's going to be amazing. So how much is it to bring dirt? Is the dirt going to be good? What do you need to treat it? Mm -hmm. What? Yep. Oh, that's complicated. Um, yep. Let's Misters. let's this. Let's take a look yeah. at carpet. Oh, it's 5k. You can change the track. It's super cheap and you'll yep. sell a shit ton. Oh, can I say this? A yeah. tires yeah of course so you'll sell a shit ton of yeah. tires hey buddy that's yeah. so easy so tomorrow morning i need to pony up some money it's much easier to put money on carpet than on dirt because oh, it's yeah. less of a i agree with you there yeah so i'm involved in the planning of a new track right now here's the floor plan it won't be dirt <laughs> it won't be dirt the guy the, the person that i'm dealing with owns the building Loves dirt, runs eight scale. It won't be dirt. Mm. It'll be carpet. Really? Because that's just what makes sense. Yes. And at the same time, he's wrenching half of the year on his eight scale. Mm -hmm. Can uh, 10 scale be pretty just simple? I'll just blow my car, put new tires on. That's it. And what he's looking at is the new people. So they come into the hobby shop, look at the facility, buy a car. There's no games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. put it on the track go have fun you Lucy, know? uh rtr a roller car comes with the gear diff 300 bucks you got a brand yeah. new car smack some tires on you're good to go dude you're racing yeah, yeah. it's it's done yeah. i agree with you guys and not not even not not we're not even talking about not needing a permanent facility if you want to do it mm -hmm. either you know what I mean? Yeah. Have it in a chart like how I do it in the UK. Yep, so. Exactly. Well, you push the 215 class? Who, no, me? Uh, Tony. I don't know. It depends on what they want in that region. It's not here. It's it's a little ways away from me. But okay. uh, I'm going to be more in charge. I'll be a general manager, but I'll be in charge of the hobby shop area more than the track. He's handling the track stuff. So, But whatever, whatever the locals want. You know, if, if we build the track and within three months we have – you know, 15 novice drivers, we're going to run whatever they want to run. You know, I mean, I'm not pushing any ideals on anything, you know, so good. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Sweet. All right. I think that's enough about CRCRC. Great race. If it is going away, well, thank you for your 35 years, guys. And um, yeah, I think that's it about CRCRC. Uh, and congratulations to Tom. Congratulations to Dakota Fan and all the winners and uh, all the guys in stock that done well. So um, yeah, good race. Was fun to watch. I enjoyed the mains. Uh, Tom Renner Connect gets the best pass of 2022 so far. Good job, dude. Tom from R1. I can't say your name properly. So <laughs> just Tom, R1 Tom. Tom from R1. 
Tom, yeah. Uh, now uh, you need to right. sell sponsorship so, to R1 now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, 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 yeah, Tom from R1. <laughs> All right, um, real quick, let's, spend, let's look at another... Uh, but they had it was a lot of big races going on. They had IBR Padova over in Italy. Uh, shout out to real quick. Shout out to Pretty Ricky Barton. He won uh, the Infinity car. Made it to the end. Uh, <laughs> the prototype car because wow, that's is this is like the longest car ever to come out. Uh, but he won. I think th- there was not a lot of fast fast guys. There was no Angaro boots, nothing. Like everybody went out testing this weekend. But the Killex brothers were there. Polito was there. <coughs> Renault Savoya, Yao Figueredo. Uh, po- but Polito was the fastest Kyosho Ky- guy, young Italian racer. Savoia and Burkan Killick. Yeah, Who? yeah. Um, but y'all beat him. Y'all beat him in, um, oh, in yeah. Nitro. Yeah, and then and Polito, too, who's Italian. He beat him. Burkan Bur- came second. Shout out to Burkan. Where was David? Uh, D- David, who? Ronald? I uh, know he's uh, the Viking is saving all his energy for DNC. Saving it for a big race. Does he have enough yes. parts to race uh, until DNC? He the plan for the for the Viking is to come over to America and spend a few weeks there and get ready to dominate. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> um, uh, but the other wait, the, wait, speaking wait, 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 of wait, DNC, wait. since we're on the topic of being off topic and breaking our schedule. Um, I think the world is waiting to see David succeed, but there's a lot of people waiting for this shit to implode too. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course there is, you know, anything with Joseph people, you know, Joseph is <laughs> like the hardest person in the world to work with. But, uh, I, I've seen these two on just a non, you know, just, I always thought they were kind of like offset us, but like they actually have a mutual respect for him and, I think David just kind of gets it. You know what I mean? His he's not sitting on his he's not sitting on his ass and just saying pay me. He's out there hustling. You know what I mean and getting things done. So, uh, he's he's excited when I talk to him. I tell you, man, I understand why Ron Fox a pro because he nothing shakes his confidence at all, and he's just like, yep, yeah, I'm getting ready for DNC. That's all that matters. That's all he cares. That's all he's focused on right now. DNC. Nice. So. It's going to be good. But speaking of DNC, we had the warm-up this weekend. Uh, I have to say, Joey makes the best step-ups in RC, period, man. I love step-ups, and not everybody can do them right, but I love the way Joey does them. Man, I really like how he's what he's done with Paris in the dirt, and I can't wait to see what he does for DNC because he doesn't have to build driver stands and do all this type of stuff. He gets a focus on just building a badass track. But we had a DNC warm-up this past weekend. No rain. No rain. Um, wasn't a big turnout because we had obviously we do have SIC coming up this weekend uh, as this podcast comes out. So I wasn't expecting many people there. But uh, in Nitro Buggy Co. Ogden made the trip and he TQ'd the first two rounds. Uh, Jared Wiggins would end up second. He made the trip. Uh, Ryan the Cavalari would qualify third. Pavitas fourth in his new HB ride. Uh, Adam Drake was there. Tasman, the great Canadian hope, made the trip from Alberta to come down. And um, yeah, I, I yeah, we need to get I your Canadian flag. It. I was trying to find like a moose hat, but I forgot yeah. it. There you go. <laughs> DNC baby. So I like very light turnout, but 
And then we had Frankie Contreras Jr., who we're going to talk about in a minute, Camden Line, and Dylan Nelson. Excuse me. So, I'm surprised Drake uh, out uh, qualified uh, Ty. Well, he did well. Ty got Ty got the final revenge at the end of the day. Oh, Canada. Uh, yes. So, t- man, I think I think Tasman is on a mission. He is like, I am going to race from people's memory that bad performance that I had last year at DNC. That's what I think Ty's on. I he's like a lot of people briefly spoke about it, but I do believe that last year he was still on engines or too new. He just switched to FX. And um, from what I heard, FX engines, they take about two to three gallons to break in after the oil mm. bath, after everything. So maybe that was part of it. I don't know. But I, I'm he's making his homework. He's doing his homework. He's making sure his T's are crossed, his dot, I's are dotted. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm hoping Ty rocks Yeah. It. Ty is he well he was one of the only other guys to win a, a eight scale race last year. And uh I think we're gonna see the Ty Tasman of old like coming back. So I'm sure he's pretty much doing this, then going SIC. He'll probably do national warm up. I think we're probably gonna see Ty in America for for yeah. some time here. Right up to DNC, I would yeah, say. Not a, Might go back home I to don't Canada, think he but wants I doubt to come it. Back home. No. Yeah. They so, made that choice, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that, well, they kind of have to, you know what I mean? They kind of just have to Because every time you come back, you're stuck months. two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Well, last year, they exactly. kind of got hosed. I think they came down for one yeah. race, went back, and then they couldn't leave again or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was Silver State. Yeah, yeah they couldn't yeah. come back for Silver State. Yeah. So, I, I think, I have no doubt Ty is like, I'm coming here to to just make up for 2021. <laughs> Cole Ogden... Uh, one lap done. You know, Cole should go. Yeah, but technically I, I, he I'm was only nine seconds off, eight, nine seconds off. Yeah, well, you know what, man? Cole, Cole's got to be winning these races, man. This is these little things that he's got to win. You know what I mean? This is confidence building. And I mean, let's be honest. This is mostly about going out there and testing at the end of the day. But, uh, you know, now Cole is in that position as the number one HB driver in the world. So it's a little, you know, a lot more, a little bit more pressure on him now. But uh, the goal had fast lap uh, over Tessman by half a second too. That's a fast lap don't win races. Yeah, but they still look at, they still try and get the raw speed. They still try and get the, the numbers. <coughs> oh, you didn't got called. Turn is getting, getting disconnected. No, well, is, it didn't work. I pushed, I pushed the button. <laughs> okay. You know what? We're gonna turn it. We're gonna upgrade turn We're gonna get turn get upgraded, Mike. Uh, all right, just real quick. Ryan Cavallari in third, Jerry Riggins fourth, Camden Lyme fifth, Adam Drake sixth, Frankie Contreras seventh, Dylan Nelson, Ryan Pavitas looks like uh, he had some issues or something. But let's talk about Frankie Contreras. So Frankie, I think Frankie won DNC last year. Yep. yep. In, in, in intermediate. Man, this 14-year, I was talking to his dad before I came in here. He took over. He was in, He started in third. He, you know, first lap he was third, got up to second. By the sixth lap, he got into first. And, dude, he held on to first for 22 laps, almost. No, not 22, but, you know, just under 22. Really? And, well, let's see. He held on from lap six. Sorry. His dad said 22, but it's not. It, he held on from lap six to... 23. Lap 22. Yeah, 22. Yeah, and then he had a flame out. Like, he jumped out into some fluff, and something turned off his flywheel. 
But, I mean, for this kid to be leading these guys for that many races, that's very impressive. And I think this is probably one of those dark horses that we might see squeak in and do have a good performance at DNC. Because this is like his home track. Um, he's on the TLR car. He's, he's on Proline, Rob, I believe. And this would make for a great story if this happens. So I just wanted to shout out to him and give him some credit for this. But... um. What do you guys think about this this B man, and what do you think about this? Uh, I'm gonna start with Tony, and uh, what do you think about the top three from this race, Tony? Ty, Cole, and and Cav. Well, I think that's pretty much a prediction from the start. Um, so what I look at is I was surprised that Ty was down in qualifying early. That really mm -hmm. surprised me. Like, what what's going on? But as the track wore in and it blew out a little bit, go back to that. Uh, what's the what was the race in Texas that Tim Line put on that uh, US really Open. blew out? Dude, Ty just mm -hmm. schooled everyone. So mm -hmm. I think if they like have some sort of mix between that setup and what they're running here, like Ty's good on blown out stuff. You know, that Southern yeah. race was like holy cow Reese, it yeah. was blown up to bits so i don't know maybe they're messing around during qualifying it it's just testing it's not a you know it's mm -hmm. not like a world titles on the line so they probably figured it out and got it got it done for the main but um yeah it'll be interesting i i think i think the track's gonna really blow up for dnc i don't think there's any way to avoid it um yeah we shall see though i mean I the, 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 sorry, I go heard through the grapevine that Joe is trying to see if he can do a mix to keep it uh, together, but the synthetic um, feel of the dirt was not something he was looking for. But he reached out right. to people here about uh, different types of oils and stuff like that, but he didn't take that directions finally. But he, uh, he he's trying to figure out a way for his tracks not to get looking like a landmine field. Yeah, I think it's just that dirt there, really. I mean, there mm -hmm. wasn't a ton of entries, and this was a fresh layout, and it got pretty pretty beat up. Mm. So, Well, I think I think also uh, dirt is different, you know, and then once you start running, the more cars running on this type of stuff, as and it becomes a permanent track, you know, rubber from tires, oil from nitro and all that stuff gets involved into this dirt somehow, and maybe... Maybe we'll see. A, it's going to be a lot of laps at DNC, too. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, the one good thing about DNC is they can also fix the track in between, you know, in between races and stuff like that. But, um, man, it's just I'm super excited for this race. I really oh, yeah. am. It'll be good. Um, uh, I think uh, you we're going to see, hopefully we see a good contingent of the Europeans coming over and, it's good to see. I, I wish we would have seen more guys at this race from America testing and, and getting ready, but I guess we'll see them. You know, the good thing about this being at a permanent track is that people can go to practice they go there all and, the and time. all that. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, it, it's going to be good to see, man. It, it's going to have a different aura. It's like even Thunder Alley last year was good because it was kind of like, you know, people have practice and it made for some good racing and stuff like that. So I'm really, super, I'm really looking forward to this. And I mean, I, I if you tell me, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I don't see why 
any of these top three guys that finished this could couldn't win this next year. I mean, in next month, but man, it's gonna be some stiff competition at this race, man. This is this is pretty much worlds if you really look at it. I know so, one thing: the B main is gonna be loaded, and probably the C main. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no doubt. Uh, There's gonna be a couple of guys in the oh, C main not very happy to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Pissed. It's it's just it's 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 the thing is too. There's in in the absence of two years with the Europeans not coming there. There's lots of American guys that have gotten faster. You know what I mean? So you got the Jackson Brunsons, the Lee Setzers, uh, the Aiden Horns. Like where was Aiden Horn two years ago when these guys were? He wasn't. He was still racing ten scales. So there's some new faces on her that we're gonna see, and it's gonna be a test for them. But uh, this is a hard race, man. It's, it's I can't wait to go. I can't wait to go. I don't know. Can't wait. All right, guys. Well, we've been going on for longer than what we're supposed to. We always do that. So um, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Turn is fading. Kevin's fading. I'm fading. It's getting late. Uh, I think that's it for us today, guys. Uh, we're going to go on to the Dakota fan interview. And um, I thank you guys for your time. And you'll be seeing more of you guys over this year. And, uh, you know, check us out. Give Kevin some some subs and some likes. Check out his stuff. Uh, check out Tony Clinic RC. He's got a lot of cool stuff there. And, um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this new little, you know, more focus on 10 scale and trying to get some more information. I'm learning, too. And maybe, maybe we change the outlook of stock versus mod. No, you know well, what I mean? That's our mission, I think. Change your thinking just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I think we're gonna try and make that you know, I'm coming around. And I think I think you a know, lot of people have to change a little bit too and just kind of yeah. look at it in a different view, you know. Yeah. I think that's our mission this year. Change the way of thinking. It's gonna be spec mod though. Spec mod. We're gonna change the name. Uh, All right. Nitro's a glory, but uh Stock racing pays the bills. Spec mod pays the bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. All right, guys, you know what? I'll talk to yep. you later. Uh, we're going to go on to the uh, Dakota fan interview, and I'll see you guys next week or in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. See you. Cool. Cheers. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC, excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. Joining me this week on the NNRC, on the first interview of 2022, 20, I would like to say, is a, a, a gentleman in our industry that needs no introduction. If you don't know who the person is sitting to my virtual lap, uh, right is, uh, then maybe you should go back and listen to some more of these podcasts But because we talk about them quite a lot. But I'd like to welcome, uh, I, actually, I have to go through your accolades here. 19 time national champion. I did not know that. You've been a, you've podiumed a few worlds. You've come close to winning some worlds. You've done, a, you've, you're a one time Reedy Race champion, which is a feat in its own. And I have to add, people, he's done this all before the age. He's only 24. 
So I would like to welcome uh, the phenom, Dakota Fenn, who I consider one of the best all-around radio control drivers in the world at the moment, uh, and probably going to be one of the all-around best uh, by the time he finishes up in another 15 years from now. But uh, welcome, uh, Dakota. Thank, Thank you for you. your time. Happy 2002 to you. Yeah. Um, we've talked at races before, and I've always said, oh, i got to get you on. And, and, you know, I finally, I kind of wanted you to be the first guest of of our show this year. So thank you. I appreciate it. I know you're a busy man. So how are you? How, was your, how was your Christmas? How was your holidays? Yeah, it, it was uh, It was great. We, uh, we did a move here. So uh, we are moving. We live in Indiana now. Uh, did that right before uh, the Christmas time. So kind of took a couple weeks off in December. Um, wasn't able to make it out to a couple of the races. So definitely sad about that, but happy to kind of get settled a little bit and had a good, uh, good holidays and Christmas with the family and stuff. And uh, now we're ready to go racing. I'm excited for 2022. I'm excited to be on here. And uh, yeah, we're uh, kicking it off, kicking the year off with this uh, with this podcast. And then we're going right into Columbus tomorrow. And uh, it'll be a busy first uh, few months, like always. Oh, you you guys have a very busy first quarter. Very busy. Um, yep. CRCRC, this, well, as we're recording this, you would have, uh, just for people to explain, we recorded this before he went. So he's going to be attending uh, yeah, yeah. CRCRC race. And yep. we'll know if you won or not after this podcast. But I think you did pretty well there. Is this, I think you did pretty well there last year. Did you go last year? Yeah, this is one of my uh, probably best tracks, best facilities um, as far as like success and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's always it's always nice to start off the, the new year really well. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to do that now. Um, you know, usually when I go to this race. So hoping, hoping for the same thing this year. Um, have a really good program around me and yeah I, I don't know I think it's just just the dirt um, it's I just feel really comfortable there I think it's nice it's a little bit closer to home you know it's like three four hours away I think that helps a little bit and always have have a lot of local support but yeah it's always always ends up well um, you know we we ran there back in the day we were running uh, full treads and then we went to you know running ghost pins and now we start out on full slicks uh, last year now we we didn't even, I didn't even bring treaded tires. Mm. Um, we did like 30 minutes and went out there on slicks and it was, uh, it was fine. So really good dirt has a lot of grip and always, uh, always some really intense, intense battles. Yeah. And very old race, 35 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this used to be, it was the, like, they would have the, but well, they still do. They have the 10 scale this mm-hmm. weekend and then they had the eight scale and the eight scale used to be like the first, I would say that was the DNC warm up. even though it's mm-hmm. nothing like DNC, but it used to be the race, like it was the first real big American race of the year. Yep. But now I think SIC is going to be the following weekend, and I assume you'll be there as well. Uh, I actually, I'm not gonna. Oh. I'm actually not going to that race. Okay. Yeah, um, I should be at all the other race time entertainment races, but I'm actually going to head out to California that week, um, do some running there, just kind of start uh, start the preparation early for nationals. Uh, with the Nitro Nats being in March, it's mm-hmm. coming up super super quick so want to get out there do some running with the team and then i'll be out there uh probably at least two or three more times before uh before nationals yeah because you have the next one up this month too uh as well and let's not forget the big big race that's coming up in february which is dnc you know Mm we're forgetting about that but thank you for coming on man i just want i you know i i always ask people this you are you you seem like even before this, I didn't realize you was only 24 years old. You've been in this industry for such a long time that you're a veteran at, at 24 years old. Uh, I, I've, I don't even know how you got started in all of this. So uh, just for our listeners out there and for myself, how did this uh, 
crazy road of RC racing start for you? Yeah, I mean, it, I think like most people, it just started off for fun. Uh, I was five years old, and my dad had a, a T Max, so took took like six months to get that thing finally running. And uh, there happened to be a hobby shop like half a mile from our house, and they had a indoor uh, like stadium, the gray carpet track, and ended up getting a, a Blitzer Beetle and did some running there for a while. And then kind of just took off from there. Uh, I was one of the last years that did uh, half days for kindergarten. So I had, you know, from 11 or noon on for the rest of the day when I was five. So I would go pretty much almost every day. That's what I want to do. I wanted to go there and have fun. I grew up in a, in a car family. So it was something that I could, I could go and do easily mm-hmm. um, and kind of be a part of, be a part of that world. So what was your started, dad and started traveling super young at seven. Um, started going to nationals and stuff and kind of just uh, something that, that we did as, as a family. It was a family event. And uh, we kind of just made that decision that that's, you know, that's what we wanted to do. How old were you when you made that decision? I think uh, you're still on mute. Oh, I- I'm muted myself. You so you don't get no background <laughs> noise. And I'm asking, I-, I should be a professional at this. I'm um, sorry about that. Thank you for reminding me. How, um, oh, I just wanted to ask real quick. You said your family was into cars. So are we talking full scale? Yeah. Um, we used to go to car, car shows and, uh, like some auctions and stuff like that back when I was younger. And then kind of once, once RC kind of took over, we didn't really have time for that anymore. And now that I'm a little bit older and, and, you know, doing this on my own, my parents kind of got back into it and stuff. So it's, it's cool to see. It's kind of been, been my whole life. We've been into, uh, into cars or around cars and stuff. So it's cool to see them get back into it. Yeah. I was listening to the voice RC podcast last year and you have a pretty cool car as well. Right. Yeah, I, I've had uh, I've had a few Evos over the years, a Mitsubishi Evo. Um, I got into that just because of all the snow and stuff that we get up in the Midwest, and uh, really helps helps in uh, helps in the snow as all-wheel drive and uh, really good. So a little bit different than the Subaru, um, probably not quite as popular as that, but same uh, same kind of concept, the rally car style. And uh, yeah, I've had uh, had a few over the years, and definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, they are bad. You know who had a really badass Subaru WRC? Do you remember Lance Nork? Yeah. Oh man, he had one, and um, he took me out for a drive in it once, and I loved yeah. it. Great <laughs> yeah, cars, pretty, great cars. very cool, very cool. All right, so you said uh, you your family decided to decide on to follow the RC path, which you've been on. At what age did that happen? I mean, we were still doing it for fun, but at seven, I went to my first nationals. So uh, I was, I think, in the RC world, pretty young for nationals. Mm-hmm. And uh, ever since, ever since I was seven, we were, you know, traveling, traveling all over country. And as years went on, it got uh, bigger and bigger, more races and more races. But we were, we were, we started traveling when I was seven, and um, kind of really, really never quit. It was at school. My parents were very, um, very like, very dedicated themselves mm-hmm. and dedicated for me to do my best. Uh, but it was always my choice. I made the decision like, hey, I want to get into this more serious. And they've had my back, you know, the whole way, 100%. So very, very fortunate for so that. So you've been to a Nationals every year since you were seven years old? Yeah. Wow. You you know, fun yeah. fact, being as you're 24, I was 24 years old, I guess you was born in 1997? Yep. Fun fact, uh, that was actually the year that Kinwald won his second world championship and his first ever world championship for Team Losey. Brian Dunbar wow. was second. 
And then in four-wheel drive, it was Masami, Yuka Stanari, and Timo Lino, yeah. who I assume Yuka and Timo were running TLR, Team Losi cars maybe at that time. I don't know. Yeah, I believe Yuka was. I think that was right around the double X, double X four days. That's so crazy. Like 97, 98, yeah. You born you was born that same year. <laughs> like, you know? Um that took Losi won their first nationals. I looked that up because I was like, well, we don't have you know many guys your age on this. Well we do, but not not as not at your level. So it's pretty amazing. So at this time at seven, was you running TLR cars or what was you running? Yeah, so it's actually my first my first race. Um driving Losi cars was, was that nationals. Um, it was the BK two and the MF two mm-hmm. up until that point I had been running, uh, like the, the T three and the B three. So around, around that era, um, started off with the ready to run and then got the kits. And then, yeah, like a month before nationals, um, made the switch to Losi and, uh, have been, uh, been running the cars ever since. So was that like a, was you sponsored by TLR at that point or was it just like, I want to try these cars cause I like them. Uh, just, just kind of in the area and stuff, there was going to be some more support with the Losi stuff. So I made that switch and then I pretty sure at the end of that year, um, right before I turned eight, I ended up getting, uh, getting a, a sponsorship with Losi. Sweet. So what type of things was your parents doing? I know this, this, uh, this is a sacrifice for the parents as well to do this because this costs a lot yeah. of money and you have to travel and, you know, as you know, RC consumes your life. At, mm-hmm. at, at that age so what type of things were your parents instilling in you what were some of the rules and regulations you had to abide by as a as a young man coming up and i guess was it was it like a normal school life for you coming up or was you homeschooled or anything like that yeah the homeschool life was honestly pretty i mean i went to public schools mm-hmm. um so that was that was pretty normal i was gone a lot i'd miss 40 to 50 days of school a year um, and my mom worked really hard with the school district to make that a possibility so that I didn't have to be homeschooled, um, with, with me going to races and stuff and kind of always being around adults for the most part. Uh, they thought that it was very important to kind of, to go to school, get that, just get the interaction with kids your age and, uh, you know, learn how to interact with them and still have that, have that ability and still be able to be a kid a little bit. So I miss a lot of school. Um, it was for sure a lot of work, um, spent a lot of time. You know, I'd go in before class starts an hour early, start making up stuff. I'd stay after school every day, make up stuff. And just, you know, when I was at the races or on the plane, just doing whatever work I could and uh, having to uh, teach myself a lot. And uh, obviously my parents helped a lot with the schooling as well. But yeah, I mean, it was definitely, definitely a lot of work. It was really hard, but it was, uh, it was worth it. I'm really glad that, you know, they, they made that decision and we took that route and uh, it was really just, just like putting the hard work, being respectful. Um, and it taught me at a, at a young age, how to learn, how to, how to win, how to lose gracefully. And, uh, yeah, just how to, how to be mature about it and uh, have the right mindset. And yeah, I mean, they were, like I said, they, they supported me since, since day one and, uh, very thankful. So you, you was in high school and all that there. Did you, did you do any homeschooling at all or was it? No. Okay. So all, I think that's great. Public actually, school. Yeah. I think, I think that's, good because i see a lot of people taking their their kids out of school to chase this and i think exactly what you said you're going to be surrounded by a bunch of men like me as a young kid and there isn't unfortunately there isn't that many young kids in rc right now i wish there were more but that's a topic for a different day so i think the school thing is a is a very whenever i talk to uh younger generations like yourself because 
I think it's very important for social mm -hmm. interaction and, and, and just becoming yeah. a part of life. And I, you know, I just, I'm not a big, you, you got to be a kid too. You know what I mean? You got to make, you got to have yeah. some kid thing, do some kid things and have that and do all that. How are your grades doing all that? Because that's exceptional too. I mean, just to put the extra work in, going in an extra hour early, staying later, that's all the stuff we don't hear about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, my grades uh, were actually really good. So I graduated with over a 4.0. Wow. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it was just a lot of time, but like I said, my parents kind of like, they didn't really give me a choice. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like if you want to race then you get to put the, put the work in with school, make sure uh, that you keep up with it. And you know, they helped me to be able to do that. Um, it helped too. I mean, at that, at that age, I really wasn't doing a lot with the cars. So my mom was kind of in charge of all the organizing, um, the ordering of the parts, making sure they're all organized to travel, all that stuff. And then my dad did uh, pretty much all the wrenching on the cars, um, tires and stuff. You know, he'd stay up late every night after work, getting the cars ready, um, prepping the tires and stuff, you know, and, and at that at that age, you know, a little bit hard to understand how much work that they were putting in behind the scenes. But they did that for a very, very long time. And then, you know, once I got into my early teens, kind of started working on the cars a little bit, figuring that side of the things. Um, and then eventually took over my 10 scale program, um, doing all the work and the prep on that stuff. And then, uh, slowly kind of learning the eight scale stuff as well. Okay. Now, did you go, uh, when, did you go on to university after this or? Yeah, I, I did do college for a little bit. Um, I ended up going to Oakland university and went for like a year and a half. And I, I think that I just wasn't ready. I had put so much, so much time and effort into, uh, high school and the public school system and stuff. I was, I was pretty burnt out on it. And, you know, then kind of having your own freedom and your choices, choices to do that. I didn't, didn't, uh, didn't work as hard as I should have at it. Um, but I kind of got to the point where I was going for mechanical engineering. I got to the point where I was starting to do labs and stuff. And at the time that I had kind of committed to them, they had said, Hey, you know, we're willing to work with you and stuff. And once, once I got to the lab points, it was kind of like, Hey, like if you miss it, then, Right, just, right, you know, you, right. you're, out of, you're out of luck pretty much. Um, so that was, that was unfortunate. I wasn't able to, to finish that and get that, get all that knowledge and stuff that, you know, I could have applied to, to racing as well. But yeah, it just, uh, just wasn't the right timing. You can revisit that though. You're still young. Yep. yep you can revisit sure. it. And I think you made a big choice. Well, that, let's talk about that becoming a pro. So I guess at what age did you, so I kind of, I just want to share an example. I kind of look at you similar to kind of how McLaren kind of was involved with uh, Hamilton from a young age. Mm -hmm. You know, called Hamilton had that story that he was going to, he was going to sign for McLaren. He told him and like TLR, uh, they must have saw something uh, really, well, obviously they saw something really special in you and they kind of groomed you from a young racer because it's very rare that we see racers especially like i can only think of one other and that's neil craig who's been with associated mm -hmm. forever and you've been with tlr yeah. pretty much your your whole career so I, I guess when did the process go from okay you're you're a teenager who's in school out of school okay now you're going to be doing this for a living and you're going to be collecting a paycheck how did that transition work uh it, it was it was pretty pretty uh smooth at first just because i i was pretty young when it started so you know, I was, I was still in high school, um, you know, still living at home with my parents and still kind of like, 
I was still doing more just the driving part um, and just starting to slowly learn learn the car side of things. So I didn't really have a lot of pressure on my shoulders. I just went out there and drove. And, uh, you know, whatever happened, happened. I did my best. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, was, that was really nice for me. I didn't have all that pressure. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't 17, 18 years old having to try to make that decision like, hey, what am I going to do with my life? Um, it kind of just slowly kind of fit into to where when I graduated high school, you know, I already had a full-time job pretty much. So that was really nice. Um, I, you know, it's definitely very, very tough to do. I was fortunate to, uh, to have that ability and not have that stress on me. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of just, uh, just turned into something. I hadn't really say fully made that decision cause I was still going to college and stuff for, you know, that year and a half. So kind of had the, both those options there. And as far as staying with, with Losi for so long, I credit that to, uh, my parents for just, you know, instilling loyalty and, and, you know, what kind of, what goes around comes around. So, you know, I have their back, they have my back and then, uh, Todd Hodge as well. So he, uh, he was a team manager for, I want to say like a year or so back when I was younger, mm-hmm. uh, kind of got that relationship with them as he worked his way up in horizon and, uh, you know, have a, have a pretty close relationship with him. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had my off years and, uh, you know, they, they have as well. So we have each other's backs and, you know, I, I think that uh, oh, it pays off in the end. Yeah. Because you was, you was at one point, it was just you at Losi, you know what I mean? For, for many years and they were really struggling. I think, I think it was after that point when, when Drake left and then Rick Mayfield was still there and he left and then it was just you. And you had the eight X coming out, and we was wondering yeah. if, if if TLR was gonna die or whatever. And then I can say I've seen the rejuvenation of TLR as a race team, especially this year uh, when I went to the nationals and I saw you know how you guys had everything set up, the amount of drivers you had. Obviously, mm-hmm. you, now you guys lost some guys this year, you know, like the Fullers yep. and stuff. But you still have you, you still have Cav. I think you guys have a solid, solid team. Going forward, I think Tran has also been very influential in that mm-hmm. because, you know, a team manager is, I, people always talk about drivers, but the team manager is very important. You know, it, it can make yep. or break your team. So I think that TLR has done a great job rejuvenating their race team. And it's good because it also paid off for you this year, mm-hmm. obviously. I'm sorry, last year in 2021. <laughs> but I guess I, I also I also wanted to know, what, what was your first real big, national win you won the stock nets i i assume right yeah i won uh i won quite a few stock nationals mm-hmm. when i was younger um the you know the juniors um and then i won some uh some stock back when it was brush as well mm-hmm. and then i was i was around when we transitioned to the lipo stuff um and i was still kind of in the stock stock age so i went from brush stock to uh super stock uh brushless motors which was 10.5 i believe it was 10.5 at the time um, so those ended up being super, super fast. And, uh, it was kind of like a, a good intro for me into mod. Um, and then ran my f- first modified nationals. I believe it was 2009 or 2010, mm-hmm. um, at the, at Hobbyplex in Omaha. Um, and then I, my first, probably my first major nationals was the, uh, tool drive buggy nationals in 2013. Okay. Um, that was that was a little bit a little bit of a surprise. Um, you know, I was uh, up towards the front, and a lot of things happened the right way, and I was able to uh, walk uh, walk away with the win 
with the win in that, and then uh, was able to back it up the year after after that as well in 2014. And let's not forget, you won last year as well. So in 2021, I have I have a question about that, but I'll ask about mod and, and ten scale later. Okay. Uh, in your in your early career, like chasing these mod nationals and all this type of stuff, what was some of the biggest hurdles you had to get over? Probably the biggest hurdle was just was just kind of learning my own program. Uh, once you get to that point, you kind of have to to know know what you're doing with the car side of things. Once you get to that level, you can't. You can't just rely on somebody to do it for you. Um, as far as uh, you see, my dog there in the background hanging out. Oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> what type of dog is it? Uh, he's a he's a mix. Um, he looks like he's a a, a pit lab mix. Um, we went and got the DNA test done done for fun. Um, and he's the a Staffordshire Terrier, and then he has uh, some miniature Schnauzer in him. I can see the Staffy in it. Which is yep, miniature Schnauzer, and then he has a, a little bit of a boxer and bulldog. Oh, he's a bit so, a bit of everything. A little bit of yep, a little bit of a mutt, but he, Sorry, uh, great dogs. He's good. Yep. Um, man, I forgot where we were. Oh, at. the hurdles that you had to get over. Yeah, yeah. So it was really tough for me to to figure out how to work on the cars and figure out the setup side of things. Um, I was still going to school at the time. You know, I was still in my, I'm in my early teens when I was uh, doing my nationals and, you know, starting to uh, get, get paychecks and stuff. And I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, just didn't have any experience. You know, my parents had, had taken for taken, uh, taken everything, uh, and done it pretty much themselves just because I was so busy with school and stuff. And, uh, it was a big help and, you know, I was still able to be a kid a little bit, but once it got to that point, I really didn't know what I was doing. And, uh, it took, uh, it took a long time to figure it out. A lot of mistakes were made. Um, you know, a lot of uh, mechanical failures, a lot of setup changes that were wrong. And something that really helped me was I was able to do a co-op in high school. Um, and as able to pretty much what it is you go in and you work your job and that'll count as an elective. Really? And I, yep. And I was able to do that for, I think two or three years of high school. Um, and by the, the end, my senior year of high school is that I was doing it as three credits. So I was pretty much leaving at lunchtime at like 10 30 or 11. And, uh, Todd kind of hooked me up with, uh, we kind of had like a program we do. So, He'd uh, set out a schedule for me, and each week I'd concentrate on something different. So, you know, one week I'd go out and uh, learn everything in the front camber links. Um, so one day I'd, I'd test different positions, try all the different positions out, take notes on it. And then the next day I'd try, uh, try adjusting the height, you know, with washers and stuff, raising and lowering the inside and the outside in the front, trying, trying all that. And then I would go to the rear and do that and just kind of take notes and everything and learn about it. And that's what I did for, you know, part of my credits for school. And uh, it also really helped me in my, you know, my career as well. I would assume so. That's so cool. I, see, <clears throat> excuse me. I think RC should be in the schools anyway, but um, mm -hmm. I think like RC clubs and all that stuff would be great. Uh, teach people mechanical skills. That's, cr yep. that's really cool how you figured that out. And what did your friends and your schoolmates think of you think like of what you've done? Did they understand it? Uh, I, I think probably not fully, um, you know, def, definitely some of them were, you know, would go and watch and stuff, but yeah, I think it was definitely, definitely a little weird. I was kind of that, that kid that was always, you know, just bouncing out of school. Um, I'd be there for a week and then gone for a week back for a few days and then gone again for a few days. Um, and yeah, so I, I think it was a little bit of a, 
a different experience for me. I wasn't able to do any of the sports. Yeah, um, the no extracurricular activities. Yeah, yeah. So no, you know, no sports after school. No, uh, you know, no programs or you know other other activities. No, no groups or anything like that. So I was definitely a, a, a little limited. Um, you know, I didn't have a lot of time to hang out with friends and stuff after school. Or, you know, even on the weekends, I was always, always going at a race. So it was definitely a little bit different, but it was, it was good to be able to at least go to school and have the interaction and uh, just be around kids. Yeah. Kids my yeah, age. You need that after being, yeah. Yeah. I get that. Uh, what, who were some of your biggest rivals as a young kid coming up? Who were some of the faster young drivers that maybe they're not hurt with was racing now, but were some of the guys you found, you, you know, that you knew when you, they came to race? you was going to have to be on your A game. Yeah, it's, man, it's, it was tough back then. There really wasn't, there's, there was no kids back then that really were my age. Um, not very many locally, not very many at, uh, you know, at the national level or just the big race level in general. Um, there's a couple here and there, but I was, I was really the only kid that was, that was doing this, this program and this race schedule. Um, and uh, it was tough. I think I think that's kind of why I I grew up so quick and why I kind of have that that uh, older maturity level. Um, and I got that at a young age just because I was around adults so much. And uh, yeah, I mean, even even stock nationals and stuff was uh, was mostly adults at the time. Yeah, it was a bit different too. Electric was mod was bigger back then. I want to say, and yep. you know, it was. I'm not saying that it's not as significant now. But it's it's def it's it was definitely a ten scale was a lot bit different back then, yeah. And, um, than it is now. So I guess well, who was some of the guys you looked up to that you got to race against? Yeah, we had a a, a really really good group of guys in the Midwest, um, specifically like the Michigan Michigan area, and there was a couple of a uh, couple series that we always they always did that you know we're pulling in hundreds and hundreds of entries, you know, every single event of these series. Um, you know, so I grew up racing, um, uh, boatman, Jason Jakubczyk, uh, Kai Goff was another good one. Uh, Johnny Legaitis. Um, there's a lot of guys, Bobby Flack, who's super well known in the on-road in on-road industry. Uh, uh, Jeff Abler. There's a, a, a huge group of guys that were, uh, were always racing, uh, Al Horn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Sontag used to be a little bit fast back then before, uh, before he got old. That's a professional and, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so there was, there was just this huge group of guys that we'd go to, you know, we'd just even just club racing. Mm-hmm. And it was really good for me to be able to learn. I mean, there was, there was 10 guys that could go and, and win this club race. There's 10 guys that could, you know, every weekend that could right. win these 10 skill races. Uh, so it was really good competition, and it taught me at a young age, you know, how to, how to race these guys, how to have, you know, how to race them clean how to become competitive and just kind of figuring that, that all out. I mean, it's, it's really tough when you're coming up in the industry to, uh, to learn how to race mm-hmm. the guys, especially once you get to the pro level. Um, there's definitely that, uh, that transition phase is pretty rough, but I think having all these locals that were, were really fast and competitive um, really helped me. You know, when I, when I started out, they were better than me and was able to kind of like slowly catch up racing them every weekend and going to all these different tracks with the series and traveling to other States and it, it just really just made a big, a big difference where I was very comfortable racing and didn't really think about it too much. You know, I didn't, didn't get, get, uh, get nervous at that age. I just went up there and just drove 
and uh, was doing it every weekend and just, you know, had a, had a really good group of guys to uh, be able to race with and, and learn from. Did you get, did you get into hazing? Cause I was talking to Tebow, but see Tebow came up on a different era. He came up in that attitude era with Greg and Quartz and yeah. those guys just, I roughed him right, roughed him and Mayfield <laughs> and the guys right up. So I don't think he was in that era, but maybe besides your dad, was there and Todd Hodge, was there somebody maybe that you in the industry at the time that you wanted to emulate or that you looked up to? Yeah, um, I mean, I always I always looked up to uh, to Mayfield when I was younger. Um, just just that that drive and the passion that he has for the industry that he still has now. Uh, I always thought that was really really cool. Uh, and when I was coming up, he was. He was, uh, you know, in his late teens, you know, 18 to 22 range. Um, so it's kind of, kind of crazy, you know. We're, we're more than 10 years later now here, and uh, and uh, we're racing together pretty much oh, you guys, every weekend you, whenever I had a race. So, you guys definitely gave us some entertainment this last year. So, <laughs> I, I see a lot of your style and Ryan Mayfield driving wise. Like he used to have that balls to the wall. He still is, but uh, he, you know how like. Mayfield at some point wasn't known for not finishing races too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, especially, especially eight scale. Races, yeah. It's, it's tough, man. It's, it's really tough. And, and, you know, back in the day it was even tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cars were more fragile. The engines were really hard to keep running and it was really more of a, more of a survival than it was racing. Now, I mean, now we're going all out the whole time. You get a couple laps to breathe. If you guys are on a uh, different pit stop strategies, and that's about it. But I mean, the cars, the engines, for the most part, you know, you got to keep an eye on the heat, but you can go uh, pretty much, you know, full, full commitment, full bore the whole time. And yeah. uh, the cars can take it now. And the guys, everybody's so fast. The pace is so fast now. And yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've reached that, that level in the industry where you can't, I was fortunate enough to be a part of, of it and to actually see it grow mm-hmm. and reach that, that new level. But I mean, we're at the, we're at the level now where it's, you know, a hundred percent. You can't yeah. just, you can't, you can't rely on yourself to just go out there and drive and, you know, maybe not prepare the car or pick the wrong tires or, you know, the engine tune be off or whatever it may be. Everything has got to be on point, a hundred percent ready to go. And if it's not, then, you know, you're, you're not even probably in the top five a lot of the time. Yeah. it. I think uh, Tebow said it best on her a couple, uh, last couple of months ago. He said, he says, I'm driving the best I've ever driven. He says, but everybody's just so fast. And he goes, you make one little bobble. One little mistake, and yep. that's it. Uh, yep. So, definitely, the paces. I can't wait for DNC when the Europeans come. Hopefully, they come over. Hopefully, nothing screws it up and they can come over. Because yep. I think that's when you guys step it up to an even higher level, you know? And that's when you and the Mayfields, they, they go in and reach for that extra tenth, but an extra little bit of speed they have carrying back there. So, that's good. Um, before we get into Nitro, because I know you have a love-hate uh, relationship with Nitro, <laughs> Let's talk about your 2019 worlds. Exciting worlds. You had some some epic battles. You're so close. But if you could go back to that worlds, what would you do different? Yeah, I mean it, it's tough. We had uh, we had such limited time with the new car, and we knew you know hey if we want to be if we want to be competitive, then this is you know this is what we need to run. Um, it's kind of that that uh, newer era style, and we were uh, definitely a little bit behind with the 24 the bell car. And uh, so, I mean, it was it was a rush. There were some delays and stuff, and I ended up flying out to California, literally like the week before Worlds. And uh, we got the got the car built up. Frank got it built up. We didn't even know if, you know, if the parts were going to fit together. 
Um, you know, obviously there were some fitment issues. So, um, you know, Frank was uh, putting in the work, making sure we were able to race it and kind of get everything good to go. But fortunately all the major components, you know, fit, um, we were able to get everything free. The drivetrain was good. And, uh, I ran at SDRC for two or three days before worlds flew home, was home for like a day or two. We went to, uh, went to worlds and kind of just showed up and, you know, we, we have a car. You know, we have, we have the car, we have the car, we know that the car is good. Um, I'm, you know, I'm on the clay style surface and we assumed that it would be good, good there as well. But the track was obviously a, a super, super unique service. We were on, uh, M3 hole shots with open cell foams. Um, you know, we're running on like, if it was like a chalk surface with uh, concrete jump faces, mm-hmm. so you could actually get over the jumps. It reminded me of Mario Kart. You know, you're kind of like squidding out and then you hit the concrete, like a, a speed boost. It just takes off and straightens right. out and just launches. So, I mean, it was, it was super tough. We didn't go to the warm race, so we had no experience with the track either. Um, we kind of struggled on the tool drive side of things just because we didn't go to the warm up race. And, uh, there's a lot of people, I mean, pretty much you, you built a, built a car for that event um and so we we didn't do that so we were behind on that um you know broke out the broke out the four wheel and kind of just had like a a neutral setup on there and uh car was pretty good made some made some setup changes and i mean considering i felt really comfortable with the car for having you know two three days on it um it's nice it's not always nice but at this event it was nice that they always spread everything out and make it such a long event because we'd run twice in a whole day. So we had a lot of time to kind of, uh, you know, do a research, um, think about setup changes and, you know, with the time change and stuff, Frank was up at all hours of the morning trying to make sure that we had all the information and talk about setups. And, uh, he was actually running at home the whole week of worlds while we were out at worlds trying to figure stuff out. So we'd be like, Hey, the car's doing this. And he'd go to the track and, and make changes and try to figure out how to fix that problem. Um, so it was, it was a massive team effort. Um, everyone was, uh, was putting in the time. Um, we had a couple issues with uh, the spur gears and stuff at the time. They weren't really, weren't really lasting. They just, uh, just breaking a couple of the teeth off. Um, it's really hard with spur gears. Even, even nowadays with everyone, it's hard to get them perfectly round. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the first samples and stuff, they were, they were a little bit off. So I actually didn't finish the first two qualifiers. Um, so I counted, I counted the third, fourth and fifth qualifier. That was it. You know, if I, if I didn't finish one, then I I wasn't even going to, I wasn't even going to be in the main. Um, so, so I knew the car was good. We had good speed up until we were having problems in the first two qualifiers. Uh, I think I was, I ended up being top seed or second or something like that going into the quals. So we knew the car was good and, uh, you know, still learning the comfort with it and stuff, but was able to uh, make it happen the last three qualifiers and uh, I, I TQ the third and fourth one. And then going into the fifth one, it was uh, kind of the pressure was on, you know, it's like, obviously you want to go for the TQ. Um, you know, I wanted to, uh, to TQ my first worlds, but I, I knew I had to count the round and uh, Bruno was, you know, going all out. We were uh, pretty similar speeds and uh, he, uh, he was going for it. And I didn't, I didn't have the option. So, was able to start second overall on the grid, um, which, you know, like I said, considering where we were at, at the, after the first two qualifiers, I was super happy with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I had some, some great racing with Bruno, um, you know, sent in on him a couple times and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely for sure sucks to have that mistake. Um, I think I just kind of barely, very clipped the top of the jump, but you know, it, 
it is what it is. It was, it was, it was a huge pleasure to be able to be up there. Um, that was my first time really like being in the hunt for world championship and, uh, just like being up there. So it was really cool. It's definitely a different atmosphere, um, like yourself in, you know, internally and then also externally with all the fans and stuff. It was, it was really cool to be a part of that. And, uh, like I said, definitely sucks to, to not have won, you know, but at the same time, like I have to look at, at where we were a week before and, uh, I didn't know that. I I mean, the the racing, if, if you go back and look at those mains, the, I I like the, the best way I explained it, you guys were on the edge, like Mm -hmm. one millimeter off and it would have been like donuts in nowhere. And I couldn't believe that you and Coelho were both keeping that pace for five minutes. It was, it was just, I, I, if you know, you could literally see you guys were just, on the precipice of like, if you, it was either, you know, you're going to stick it there and you're going to be there yeah. or you're going to be, you're going to lose. So I thought it was great racing. You're 24 years old, dude. You have plenty of time to make, I mean, I know we say that, but you, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, but you won multiple worlds. So um, I, I have no fear that you will win one um, or a few in your lifetime. So I'm not worried about that. Maybe an eight scale one too. I think it, yeah, there's, there's no, cool. there's no way you can't, cannot win an eight scale one. So that's pretty good. Real quick, before we get off 10 scale and we go to nitro, uh, you recently was at the Florida carpet championships. Mm-hmm. I, I am a big supporter of carpet and AstroTurf. I think it's the future. I think it's how we get people into racing. It's the gateway drug. Uh, what's your thoughts on carpet? Astro versus uh, Ghost Tread Clay versus something <laughs> versus we'll never. I don't think we'll ever see it on a, on a mains or a national event. Uh, maybe outdoor, a little bit loose. Use having to use mm-hmm. pins. So, what's your thoughts on the carpet Astro turf thing that I think is probably going to just be the norm here soon in America? Yeah, it, it's definitely taken off. Um, I'll touch real quick on the on the outside dirt. Um, I miss it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. You had a, a lot more ability to. Just, I would say, just be a driver and explore. Um, you know, kind of do some dripping, make some make some corrections, and uh, you know, you can't do that on slicks. Uh, but with the way the cars are going now, I mean, even even if we did go around those tracks, it would be absolutely miserable with the cars we have now. It it, it would not work. Um, I've done it before, and it's it's not super fun. It's you know, you think it's racing on slicks is hard. You know, take a, a lay down car. Yeah. meant for you know 100 grip and, and go run on 10 percent grip with some uh you know with some triple d's or something it's 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 not super super great i know they do it in florida and i think they have a little bit more grip and they've kind of you know got the car situated and stuff but their cars are definitely not in in going in that direction and it's definitely not a not optimal um especially for the consumer but as far as the carpet and astro goes uh i i, I mean i think it's fun i i love going and doing the astro track at at uh, RC Madness every year. It's outside. It's, uh, you know, kind of in that transition, so it's not super hot. It's not super cold. And uh, always have fun with that. You're able to kind of just go all out. You don't have to worry about flipping. Um, and you have a little bit more a little bit more control as far as, like, whipping and, and landing on power where you can't do that on carpet. Um, carpet, I have a – I, I kind of have, like, that love-hate relationship with. Uh, I show up, and I am just so pissed the whole first day because I cannot get around the track. What is the difference um, yeah, between yeah. for you for carpet and astro? Um, I, the astro turf to me is more similar to dirt okay. than it is to. I, I feel like you know you have that grip level like you do similar, not as much as carpet, but you have the grip level where you're not like sliding around a ton. 
but there's there's give okay. um so it, the track has that that uh that grass where it's a little bit tall so it ha- always has that give in that roll and so it never flips gotcha. it'll do that and then and then it'll just slide um and then with landing and stuff you're able to land on power and it's not quite uh you're just not having those crazy transitions run carpet you land you're on a flat board you go down and you hit the flat you know the flat ground and your chassis bottoms out and it just flips right um you know you're you're not doing that so i like the actual i I always end up liking the carpet by the end but the first day is just really rough um i'm just super pissed the whole first day like just over it and uh, then eventually kind of figure it out i mean I so I look like a goon the first the first five or six batter packs just bouncing <laughs> off pipes and getting passed by stock trucks and I, it's it's rough I just don't know what I'm doing I don't I don't think I do it enough and and coming from we went straight from uh, a I believe it was AMS um, to that so I did ten scale dirt with masters and then I did the AMS nitro and then I showed up for carpet and uh, you know run it a four five in the four wheel and a five five in the two wheel and uh, it was a lot. For yeah. sure, it, it just took it just took a little bit, and then once you kind of figure it out, you know, you just have to be so committed. You're going down the straightaway. I mean, I don't know, going 50, 60 miles an hour, and you just have to crank it. And if you miss by an inch, then you uh, you just blow your car to pieces. So it's uh, it's tough, but once you kind of get that get that uh, that figured out, get that flow going, it's super fun. It's crazy how fast your cars go around the track, and uh, oh, it's I, I enjoyed this. to watch. Yeah, it's crazy how fast it is. Um, especially, you know, when you're when you're driving your car, it doesn't feel the same speed as what you're watching. Mm-hmm. But when you're watching other people go on the track, it is. It's pretty crazy how fast the cars are able to uh, to go around. I just think it's. Def- I mean, they've been doing it over in the. U- I, I just saw how easy it was in the UK to set up a track in a hall, have a, yeah. a club race, and go home. And I think uh, that's how we we kind of promote and get people into what we, what we're doing here. And then hopefully they graduate to, uh, you know, more, you know, 10 scale stuff as well, but also get into the eight scale side of things. That's my, that's my plan. That's the plan. Yep. Anyway. It don't always go like that, but <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's cool. It's, it's uh it's nice when it's fresh carpet too, which normally these bigger races are. I mean, there's, there's hardly any tire wear at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with practice, we went through three sets of tires per Perfect. car. That's which is less than dirt. I mean, when, once the track, you know, once the track is in for a few months, it for sure the tire wear comes up a ton. Mm-hmm. But it's nice, you know, at, at these events, we're not, there's no tire sauce. Um, there's no prep. I mean, you literally just glue them up. Most of the time, you don't even clean the bead. You just put them on the wheel, glue them up, um, and you just go and run. And that's, you know, we have a couple tire options to choose from. You pick which one you want. You know, you kind of figure out the foam situation. Um, which you usually just don't run any in the front and then the back, you kind of have to figure out what you want, but it's, uh, it's pretty easy, which is a, a nice change from, uh, the dirt racing scene. And, uh, yeah, as far as the track goes, I mean, they, they build a flat, you know, they kind of pull the carpet in, build a flat layout, and then they just pick the jumps up, walk out there, set them down, throw some tape on the bottom and you're good to go. And uh, a lot of these, a lot of these places do on-road as well. So mm-hmm. the end of the night, they just pick the jumps up, walk them off, and then you have on-road track. There you go. Easy, easy for the yep. for the clubs, easy for the track owners, easy for for the drivers too. So I think it's definitely people are fighting it, but it's just becoming more popular, and I just think it's the way to go, in my opinion. All right, uh, let's touch on nitro, and then twenty twenty two, and then I'm gonna let you go. I told you I wasn't gonna keep you too long. So <laughs> no uh, you've had a love hate relationship with nitro. 
this is where uh i'm sorry but this is where joseph and i came up with the term fending you know we have mayfielding which is when you mayfield and like dominate then we have defend is like when you make a mistake you know you're so fast you 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 you're so fast and then like in the long man you always you, you struggled no but not last year not 2021 you had a good 2021 yeah but uh you were considered mostly a 10 scale electric driver. Uh, when did you start focusing, like putting some focus to nitro and what has one been the biggest struggle for you with nitro? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as I started out back when I was seven or when I, when I was five, uh, it was, it was all 10 scale. I did all 10 scale for like seven years or something like that before I got into the eight scale side of things. Um, you know, there, there's, uh, there's a lot going on with the eight skill stuff and, uh, the 10 skill stuff just in general, you know, we can only, we can only do so much of the time. And, you know, my dad is running, running all over the place, trying to get everything ready to go. So, uh, eventually got into the eight skill side of things. And, uh, if you don't know what you're doing, the nitro, nitro stuff is very tough. Um, getting the engines tuned, right. You know, there's, a uh, lots of, lots of engine failures, um, and the mains and stuff back then, just, just not knowing and, uh, having to learn the hard way. Uh, so Dude, I've that, seen you uh, break some of the weirdest things too. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely definitely been that over the years. Um, that's been uh, unfortunately a big part of the the ASCO program for me. Or bad of, luck, uh, like of, like 2014 in Thornhill when you just like yeah. I was like, oh my, like nobody could see. I saw something similar at the Nats um, on that big sweeping corner off the, you know, after you came around to go on the back part, yeah. there was a rut there, and I watched you. I would say eight out of ten times you would be good. You was the only car that would go through that rut, by the way, because I saw the line that you was taking. But I saw one time, I think it was in the main, where you went there and you just flipped over the side of it. And I was like, oh, no, it's 2014 all over again. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's definitely been some, uh, some stuff that's happened. Um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's, it's my program and it's on me to uh, figure that stuff out. Um, some stuff's been out of my control. Uh, I definitely have had a, a little bit of bad luck with uh, with those side of things, which is mm-hmm. kind of some random stuff happening that you know really isn't in my control. It's not anything that we did or didn't do, um, and you know I've had some stuff happen that uh, mechanically that was you know my fault that mm-hmm. you know I should have taken care of beforehand. I've had some stuff on the track that's been uh, been out of my control. I've had some stuff on the track that you know I, I've learned over the years how to how to be a little bit smarter, how to uh, manage the car and manage the race as well. And uh, learning, you know, going, uh, you know, ninety five percent instead of one hundred percent on the track doesn't make a big year. difference. Yeah, it doesn't make a big difference lap time wise once you kind of get into that rhythm. But um, the risk is is a lot lower, and just kind of managing that, you know, knowing when you're a little bit offline, just taking that, uh, you know, tenth of a second to uh, to figure it out instead of you know making a bigger deal out of it, trying to not lose that one tenth, and it ended up being two or three seconds. So it took me a while to figure that out. Um, you know, obviously, uh, growing up, I did the 10 scale thing, which was, you know, five to seven minutes. So you can, you can go pretty, pretty hard, um, with just seven minutes and then, you know, same thing with the eight scale qualifying and stuff. So definitely took me a little bit to figure out the mains. Um, you know, I, want to say that I could have, but you're, you're owed absolutely nothing in this, uh, in this industry or racing in general, you know, you're, you're not owned a wood. It's not coulda, woulda, shoulda. Um, but there, there's a lot of races that, that uh, I was in a really good position and uh, you know, stuff just didn't work out. So uh, unfortunately I don't have, have those wins that, that I want to have and have that uh, you know, that resume to back it up. But 
the whole team is working really hard. We're, uh, you know, we have a, a really good program under us, and uh, everyone's putting in the effort and stuff. So uh, we're we're starting to make it happen now. Yeah, you know, when um, I got in a little bit of trouble when I said this in twenty when when Cav left Sworks and went to TLR, I said that now he'll have like the support that he needs to be good. And and I, I heard this when you you was talking about um, the. The preparation that you guys done for the worlds and all that stuff that's that's what mm -hmm. i meant like that you know frank rude at home working you have these guys that have been doing this for years you have a team to help you out get get things straight so i'm not, I'm not surprised that i think Cavs going to be even faster this year with the tlr mm -hmm. um and i'll ask you about being his teammate here in a bit but let's go through your year this year in nitro so at uh i didn't did you go to sick this year last year uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I think I went two years ago. That was the only time I went. All right. So DNC, you were super fast. You TQ'd. You finished 12. PMB was decent. You had a fifth place finish. I don't remember if you TQ'd that or not. Now the big thing was Silver State. Now th this is the thing. When I was in at Silver State, the the 2019, you was really faster. You was mm -hmm. you were, you almost won Troggy, but you broke a shock yeah. tower, and then something happened. And this is like. Like we don't get many tracks like Silver State anymore. Uh, you you really disappointing finish for you. Your worst Nitro finish of the year was mm -hmm. B Main. How yeah. did that affect you? Did you did that affect you any bit? Did that shake your confidence, or did you just say, "Hey, let's get back to the drawing board and figure out why we didn't do well here"? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we had some had some stuff, some uh, some new stuff going on there, and it really uh, what wasn't uh, wasn't working how I wanted it to. So. I mean, it's definitely disappointing. You know, you never, never want to have that finish. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, definitely sucked. But just kind of uh, motivated us to, uh, you know, kind of go back and, and figure out what the problem was, and uh, really work hard on it, and make some progress. So we've, uh, we've gotten everything a lot better. And uh, you know, kind of the end of this year, we've really, really figured out some stuff. Yep. And uh, you know, we're that's why I'm going out after, uh, after Columbus, going out to California and do some, do some testing on the eight skill side of things make sure that we're going to go for uh, DNC and nationals, which are, you know, both coming up really quick mm -hmm. and uh, you know, just, uh, just put the time and work in and, and do, uh, do the best that we can. I think that if, if we have everything figured out that, uh, you know, we're going to be there and uh, we've, uh, we've been putting a lot of effort in trying to figure out how to, uh, how to make the car better for me and the mains um, where I am, I am able to, to drive and, and not have those mistakes and stuff and have that comfort. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think we're uh, we're figuring out we're making some progress. Is your struggle concentration for the longer mains, or is it just different? Because I guess yeah, you just have to pace yourself more, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't think it's it's really mental. Um, obviously, I think I I've kind of definitely matured a lot over the last couple of years in the eight skill side of things. Um, but I mean, I, I've. I've won a lot of uh, truggy races and stuff over the last couple of years. So I know how to do the longer mains. Um, it's really just kind of getting, getting the program to, to be all synced up um, and just making sure that I, I'm able to drive how I want to drive gotcha. um, in the main and, you know, have that couple percent backed off and still, you know, still be comfortable. Um, and obviously in the mains and stuff, the track is, is a lot bumpier, um, the line choice is a little bit different. So I definitely, definitely have had to work on that. Some, um, I have a little bit of a different line choice just in general than a lot of people. You do. And then when, then when you throw the bumps and the, the square edges and stuff into it like that, um, I kind of have to 
figure out figure out kind of how to manage that. Um, I really don't like going outside and out in the fluff and going wide and like that. I'd much rather go inside, go slower, and go through the bumps. So we've had to, I think, make some adjustments um, myself driving-wise and then some adjustments to the car so I am able to go where I want to go. Yeah, that, that kind of noticed that, well, speaking of the Nats, where you finished fourth, by the way, which I think after a flame-out that we don't even know why you flamed out because your car ran perfectly yeah. after that. Uh, the Nats that I think you could have won, you know, you was it was, I think it was either between you, uh, Mayfield, and probably uh, Tessman. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe throw Cool in there as well. Uh, I, it comes down to that rut. I watched you hit it every lap. I was like, why doesn't he change his line? But I was like, well, he wants yeah. to drive through there, so he's going to make it away. He's going to fight. Obviously, he's driving through there for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just kind of, I can see where it was fast and where it helped you. And then we went on to the Southern Nats, which was a great, a good victory for you. I think kind of Mayfield lost that one. Mm-hmm. And then it, it was so weird because I, I slurred it down. I made a big deal about this. I slurred it down and it looks like he was trying to get back in there and you just went like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm got it. And like, like just kind of went over there and made sure he didn't get back in there. And then I swear, I swear if you look at it, he was going to take you out on top of that hill. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it went all wrong. But it was a good victory. You held on for that. Uh, that's, let's walk through that little, because that, that, that all happened so yeah. quick. You know what yeah, I mean? it, it's hard when you when you go back and watch the slow mo. You know, there's a lot of oh, you know, this he did this or he did that. Um, but in in the moment, it was two seconds from the double to the turn to the top, pretty much. Uh, so there's there a lot that happened in that that little time frame. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I I'll take you through, I guess, my perspective in the moment because um, obviously there's a little bit different perspective in that moment versus when you go back and watch it. Um, so in the moment, I just I went the double and I was just kind of just doing my own thing. I didn't really know where he was going or what he was doing. He was he was kind of sideways when I was mm-hmm. coming up to him, um, and then he kind of made that correction, and I just really didn't have time to really do anything other than just i just let off the gas and just tried to go as far right as i could um against the pipe without hitting that and i kind of just like you know i i didn't really have anywhere to go from my perspective unless i just stopped and said here you go continue on and and yeah you know we're at you know we're at that point like i'm not going to do that for sure and uh i would expect the same done to me and yeah it kind of i mean for sure worked out a lot worse for him um, it wasn't really my intention to even touch him. Um, mm-hmm. I just, like I said, I just let off the gas, kind of went to, went to the inside and, uh, yeah, we, we definitely touched a little bit and I think he was still out in the dust. He was still kind of correcting the car, trying to get it going straight again. So it kind of like whipped him sideways mm-hmm. pretty aggressively. Um, I think a lot more than how hard it actually hit him. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm for sure he probably wasn't very happy about it in the moment, but. Uh, I mean, afterwards, you know, we had a conversation about it, and uh, it was all good. It was all good. It's racing, um, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, we we race together a lot. Um, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of intense battles, and I think that we both tried to uh, we both have that that respect for each other um, to race each other cleanly, but also as hard as possible. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I mean over over the last few years, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of good battles. And uh, it's just it's just part of it, you know. We're we go into the next race, and uh, you know we're we're battling again, or you know we're racing each other again, 
And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, just another race. It's, you know, you move on and go on to the next one. And the next one you did, you dominated it and you won AMS. Uh, uh, people said it was a very 10 scale ish type of track. A lot of, a lot of transitions and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. different format for everybody as well. Longer yep. mains. I thought it was a dominating victory. And <laughs> your biggest fan, your biggest fan, the fabulous one. He uh, he messages me when when he's listening to the podcast. So he's listening to like Max and JQ break down your driving, and he was getting so upset at us. And I was like, dude, I think you guys dominated. I'm happy for you. I can't pick you anymore because I've been officially banned from picking you. <laughs> no, seriously, I've been threatened with acts of violence from TLR and Dakota fan uh, fans. That's funny. It said, please, Lefty, do not pick him anymore. And and then I stop picking you and you win. So yeah, I think oh, I'm man. part of that too. I think I think you should. I think we should. TLR should thank me too. I'm any joke. Right. Um, but Barry Baker has been influential in your in your program. He definitely believes in you. I talked to him. He he the way he talks about you, I can see that he has a lot of ad- admiration for your driving skills and just your your ability as a professional. And I think that's some great um, great backing and some great mm-hmm. you know to have somebody like Barry Baker thinking of you and he takes it very seriously uh so before we get off nitro how how has barry baker helped your program uh what changes can we expect in the car for 2022 because i i heard that you guys have a new car coming out i know you can't tell us everything (laughs) and what changes do you plan on making as a driver going into this year because i assume the focus is more on eight scale this year being as it's a world year so yeah tell us about barry baker uh, if you can tell us anything about the new car or if there is a new car, or if there isn't a new car coming along, I understand that you can't tell us. Uh, but yeah. And what, what are your plans for 2022, uh, nitro wise? Uh, yeah, Barry, Barry's been a huge, huge influence on the program. Um, he's, he's been at that, at that level at the top. So he understands that, which is a huge part of it. Um, having having that mentality and just that that knowledge and experience, he knows he knows what it's like to uh, be doing those battles and to be up there, and uh, you know what you need from the car, um, generally speaking. And then he also obviously has some really good knowledge with car setups and stuff like that to uh, specifically figure out what I need. So that's been a huge help. Um, he is is extremely dedicated. Um, probably one of the most most dedicated people I've ever met. Um, to you know what what he's doing, what he's into, and uh, he puts the time in. He puts a lot of effort in making sure that the cars are good to go. You know, he runs a lot of home, uh, figures out some stuff, and uh, we'll uh, we'll apply that. Um, you know, same thing with Dumford. They uh, they're at the track running a lot, figuring figuring out stuff. Um, especially when I'm back here at home in the winter and stuff, can't can't really do some running. So, you know, they'll they'll figure some stuff out. I'll come out. We'll do some running. We'll figure you know figure out what else we need you know, head back home and they'll, uh, they'll be putting some more effort in behind the scenes. So yeah, he's a, he's a huge part of the program. Um, like I said, he has that, he has that knowledge to uh, figure out the setups. Um, he's very good at, at being a mechanic and making sure that the cards are hundred percent good to go. Uh, it takes stress off of my shoulders. I don't have to worry about that. I can, uh, you know, worry about prepping, prepping tires, making sure I have the tires I need, making sure I make the, the right tire and compound decision, um, the engines, and uh, you know, watching the track and stuff, and then just you know anything else, anything else behind the scenes, making sure that uh, the cars are good, or if if Barry needs anything, so it's a it's a huge help, and uh, he will uh, he'll hopefully be coming to some more races this year. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, mindset wise, I it's definitely been nice to get a couple of uh, Nitro Buggy wins. It's been a little bit, 
and uh, we'll, uh, we're definitely still super hungry. And I mean, show up to next challenge, and hopefully, I'll be able to make it happen. Um, it's nice now that it's at a at a permanent facility um, that you know that he does himself. We're able to uh, go and do some running there, get some get some practice in, hopefully before nitro challenge. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Good. So I guess we can't talk about the alleged new car or anything oh, like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we always we always make a jump. Oh, we're always always working on new stuff. Um, I think it's it's no secret that uh, you know that we have some stuff going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Um, so yeah, we're like I said, everyone's been been working really hard, and we're making making progress every week. Um, I mean, I think that uh, everyone can see the trend. Um, last year in 2021, how big of uh, some changes that we made, how much better we've gotten everything. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, AMS Southern Natch was great. It was pretty bumpy there. And then AMS was uh, definitely more of a, a 10 skill style layout. It was very technical, but um, was really happy with how the car performed. It was able to do everything that I needed it to do and uh, was consistent and uh, stayed the same the whole main. So pretty, pretty pumped on that. And, uh, you know, we're going to kind of take that bring it to uh bring it out to testing and uh, make some changes for outdoor dirt and uh see what see what else we need to do and just for people fyi people i remember when i walked into like the tlr camp and then i walked into your trailer at the nats you like everybody put a towel over the i'm like <laughs> nobody has to put a towel over anything yeah. for me because i don't know what i'm going to be looking at anyway <laughs> so you can leave all that new stuff out in front yeah. of me but um that's good man that's good uh, no, no changes for you in your program going into 2022. Still on uh, JC tires, all that type of stuff, or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, pretty much, pretty much uh, good to go for sure. Uh, working, working on a couple, couple things. Um, but yeah, I'll still be running, running J Concepts tires. Um, I resigned with them, Jason, Jason and Paul, and, and the whole team has been absolutely awesome. Um, They're extremely, extremely motivated and uh, really on their game. Uh, as far as just the product in general, uh, making sure that we have everything we need and just the support that they have at all the races, um, you know, publicly and behind the scenes is, uh, is pretty crazy. So I, I got to give it up to them. They, uh, you know, they give us, give us all, uh, all the best chance we possibly can to win. Um, and uh, same thing with TLR as well. They've, uh, they've been working really hard and uh, excited to uh, continue with that um, and Trinity as well. So excited, yeah, excited Trinity. for the year. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Got so your own line of stuff and everything. So, <laughs> you know, let's plug that. Let's plug your, your, your own line of stuff. Go check out the Dakota fan line of uh, Trinity Motors and ESCs. I think they're coming up with ESCs. Uh, just uh, just uh, the motors right now um, for me. And then hopefully hopefully some more stuff in the future. Um, I mean, we've made talk about some batteries and stuff as well, maybe in the future. Um, I have... So I had the modified line for uh, the two and four wheel, and then also just recently announced and came out with a carpet line of motors as well. Okay. So that's been that's been pretty cool, and uh, yeah, just excited to get back to racing. It's it's been a little bit for me. Had some time off, which was great, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm excited to get back out into uh, into the racing scene and uh, see uh, get this year started off with a bang. Sweet. I have a few more questions. Then I'm gonna let you go. I know you got an appointment here. Uh, how many weekends of the month are you usually on the road? Uh, I would say on average about two, two weeks out of the month, um, we're going, um, the beginning of the year is usually super, super busy. Normally kind of January through March range. It's, it's on average, like three weeks out of the month. Um, it's tough with some of these races, you know, we're flying out on Tuesday or Wednesday and we're gone for pretty much a whole week. Um, 
I, I definitely appreciate the shorter races where, you know, you're flying out on, on Thursday and, uh, you know, have practice Friday, qualifying Saturday, main Sunday, but with how big most of the races are, it's a, it's a, an event for sure. Yep. And, uh, it's just, uh, they're getting, getting longer and longer, but yeah, it's, uh, like I said, on average, probably about two, two weeks out of the month. And then uh, beginning year is usually a little bit busier than that. And, and your wife, she's, she was brought up in the RC, uh, family as well. So she kind of is familiar with it. And she, I've seen her always, you know, she pitched you pretty good. She just yep. good at it and all that stuff. It's all, that makes it a lot easier. You know, when you're, when your spouse or your significant other understands what you do and, and gets it. So that makes life a lot easier. I would say. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, for sure. She, yeah. She, uh, she, she grew up in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, her parents track state line has had, had multiple nationals and yep. stuff there and they had their own big events as well while they were open. So she under, she understands, which made, uh, made it a lot easier, uh, especially after we got married, you know, making that, uh, that life transition. She knew what I, she knew what she was getting into. Um, she knows how the RC RC thing works on industry works. So, that's been helpful. And then, yeah, she's also been able to come to a lot of the races over the years. Um, and you know, she wants to be a part of the program and uh, put the effort in as well. So that's, uh, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool to have that connection with her and I have that passion as well. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's still tough, but it's definitely makes it a lot easier that she understands. Yeah, for sure. And, and not to mention the work that goes in prior to go into these races, you know, that takes time and yeah. effort and you guys weekends are during the week. You know, so it's a little insight into life. How about having Cav on? You know, Cav's been in the game for a very long time. I still think yep. he has a lot of great years of racing left in him. Um, he started to he started to get fast with the S Works near the end of his tenure there. Um, I think we're going to see the same thing out of him this year. Uh, do you guys work well together? Bounce ideas off each other? Do you have similar setups? Anything you know that could compare to each other? Do you help each other out? Yeah, I, I, Ryan, Ryan is awesome. Um, it's been it's been a pleasure to have him on the team. Super super cool guy. Um, you know, he's had a really like chill approach to everything, um, and you know, just kind of taking his time and figuring this stuff out. And yeah, I mean, I mean, we definitely definitely work well together. Uh, I think on the ten skill side of things, we have a little bit of a a closer like mm-hmm. setup direction that we want to go in. Um, and it, it's good that we're still are a little bit different because he's able to go down a path and I am. And then we can, you know, kind of compare a little bit here and there. Um, you know, fortunately, I have a pretty solid program already. So, you know, he's able to try, you know, things here and there. And we're able just to kind of compare and see where we're at. And that's good. I think it's good for the actual just the development of the cars in general because we do drive a little bit different. We have a little bit different setup so we can make sure that it's good, you know, for us at that level, having a little bit different and then we can have, you know, other people drive as well and make sure that it's good for them and the consumers. Um, and then on the eight scale side of things, we definitely have a pretty different setups. Um, but like I said, at the same time, we can still kind of come together and, you know, say, Hey, I tried this. This is what I felt. And I go from there. So it's been, it's been really cool having on a team. Like I said, he's a, he's an awesome guy and, uh, been a, was super fun last year. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's working out great for him. How did you get the nickname Phenom? I mean, I understand from fan, and I know what Phenom means, but who was the first one to give it to you? It was uh, Jimmy Babcock back okay. at uh, at one of the, I think it was the Superstock Nationals at uh, at his track. Right. He uh, he started he started saying that and kind of just uh, just took off from there. Okay, um, 
you kind of touched on this earlier, but what has been the key to your longevity at TLR, and do you ever see yourself leaving? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it has just been what what my parents have instilled up instilled upon me um, about loyalty, and uh, they've always Horizon and TLR have always taken care of me, and I try to do the same back. Um, I have a good relationship with Todd and stuff, so if I ever you know if I ever need anything, they've always they've always kind of stepped up and uh, you know done what they can to make that happen, and uh, you know I want to be able to do the same for them, and uh, I mean I don't really. I mean, I, I could, at this point, I don't really ever see myself leaving. Um, I see myself just finishing my career out with them. They've become a, a, real, pow- a real powerhouse in the industry. Oh, and uh, I think they, they've proven that he- they're here to stay. They want to win. And uh, they've been putting the time in. They've been putting the effort. And, uh, you know, they've been uh, backing it up. So, yeah, I have uh, no plans on leaving. I mean, they have a, <laughs> they have a full lineup, you know, of, of everything, everything possible for, for racing. Um, and, yeah, and everything, and everything, they have everything else yeah, in any, RCT. I, yeah. um, I've had this, I think TLR is here to stay. I think it's great to see them putting the effort back into racing. Uh, I think it's, you're a great example. I, I get it. But when you get to your level of things, a lot of these decisions that these guys made are made uh, monetarily wise as well mm-hmm. too, which is understandable because this is your job and you, you yeah. like, at the end of the day, people fail to realize that it's a job just like anybody else, and you have to make money doing it. If you ain't going to make money yep. doing it, then it ain't make sense doing it. Yep. Uh, but I think a lot of people can look at people like yourself. Uh, like I said, Neil Craig, another person who's been a long uh, stalwart if a brand would be somebody like Mick Craddock, not a driver, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we don't see this at very much at all in the industry anymore. Mm-hmm. Now. People jump and... I would love to see we fix. I would love to get together with the team manager and figure out a way to fix that a little bit, or just slow it down a little bit, so we have some more loyalty to brands and stuff like that, so everybody can kind of benefit. But TLR as a as a as a powerhouse in the RC in in racing has definitely twenty twenty one. If twenty twenty one didn't stamp that on on in in your in people's brains, then I don't know what did. Yeah. But that's a great segue because I told you I was going to talk about this. The TLR AE beef, the rivalry, maybe not as bad as it was back in the 90s, from what I heard. Uh, I definitely think that you and Rivkin have a, be- a, a, a rivalry going on. I, I think you've, got a, you've gotten into each other in, 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 at races. I think um, I could be wrong. I generally think you guys may respect each other as racers, but maybe not, mm-hmm. maybe not like each other, which is fine. This is racing. This is this is you guys are competing. I noticed <laughs> that uh, when you guys do a live, like you do your live, and he'll do his, and I, I love all this. I love it because we need this. Um, so let's talk about a little bit about that. I mean, I know you know you can't touch on as much, but I definitely think you and Rivkin have something going on. Top AE talent, ten scale and eight scale in America. You're the top TLR talent, eight scale and ten scale in in America. TLR associated two two american brands that kind of came up of course there's rivalry there of course there is yeah i mean i i've heard back in the day some pretty crazy stories about the the tlr and AE rivalry um and you know i think people still kind of have that that mentality a little bit um and i i think it's probably not as anywhere near as crazy as it used to be mm-hmm. um especially from the actual like manufacturers to each other um you know i think everyone for the most part is 
is friends and there's just not that crazy rivalry anymore between the, between the teams. But I think that a lot of the people just around kind of still have that, that mentality and, Oh, you know, there is that rivalry, which brings it back up and, you know, kind of makes you think about it and stuff, which I, I mean, I think it's, it's good. People are able to kind of like pick sides and get into it and stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, you know, me and me and Spencer are similar ages. I think he's a few years younger, but you know, similar ages. I mean, we've had a, had a lot of races together and for sure had our, our fair share of incidences, but you know, it's, uh, it's part of the racing. It's going to happen no matter what. And, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll continue to, uh, you know, race them as cleanly as I can. And, you know, I think we both have, have respect for each other as far as, you know, the racing and the dedication and stuff goes, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's a little bit of a rivalry there. I mean, we, uh, we both obviously want to win. Um, so that means, means beating each other as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's it's anything uh, anything crazy. But you know, I, I could totally see why people get into it. And uh, I love you know, it. It's as long as it doesn't. As long as it doesn't, you know, get out of hand or get too crazy. Yeah, yeah, you course, know, I, there's you know. Well, I, I just I think uh, when you look at all other forms of sports and 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 racing, there's always some great rivalries yeah. uh, between companies between factions between drivers or individuals so i'm all for that and it's you you always are racing for a paycheck you know what i mean at the end of the day and i i think we need to kind of get away from the hey good luck to everybody it's more like hey let's go up here and and we're gonna race and whoever wins wins and we don't all have to be happy about that at the end of the day (laughs) so rivalry's great man we need it and um the beautiful thing about that is that We'll see this for another 15 years, hopefully, between you and Spencer. <laughs> yeah, and then somebody else will be involved in that. Because the younger guys are going to be coming for you guys here in another five years. So Yep. Yeah, I know. it's it's uh, The time's going by quick. So, All right. In closing here, uh, do you have any interests or any hobbies outside of RC? Uh, I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm uh, really into cars, mm-hmm. so love uh love going to car shows and for a little bit, I was kind of going out and doing track days out on, on road courses and stuff, but just, uh, just got too busy with, uh, with life and RC and stuff and haven't, haven't had time to do that anymore. So kind of got out of that. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of, a lot of costs in that and a lot of, uh, a time and effort, you know, into prepping the car and just, uh, just didn't have, have the time for that anymore. So got out, got out of that. Um, but still love doing that. Um, so I, we kind of have like with it, there being like snow and stuff in the winter, we have like different seasons of sports and things to do. Okay. So in the, in the winter, um, we're, uh, me and Chloe are both into snowboarding and stuff. So try to get out at least a few times, do some snowboarding, uh, after what I think we're trying to this year, but last year after nitro challenge, we stayed after, um, had a group of like 10 of us go out and go snowboarding up at, uh, okay. at big bear. So that was super fun to kind of you know, have those ROC connections and then just kind of, you know, leave, leave the race behind, go out and have some fun and, uh, and, uh, yeah, just do some snowboarding. So enjoy that in the winter. Um, and then in the summer, uh, we have a boat, so we go out and uh, do wake surfing and wakeboarding and stuff. So have a, have a blast with that. We just got into that last year. Oh, really? Um, yep. Picked up the, picked up the boat in April. So we were out on the water as, uh, as much as possible. And, uh, you pretty, should come uh, down here. You would enjoy. You would enjoy kiteboarding. That's like where I okay. live. Okay. Uh, yeah. I live about ten minutes. It's like the mecca for kiteboarding. And okay. Yeah, oh, that sounds sweet. Plenty of schools down there, and you'll see like a couple hundred kites out there, and windsurfing too. 
So right. you would like that type of stuff, I think. Um, and it's a great place to come for you and your wife as well yeah. as a vacation. Come to the DR, everybody. Uh, All right. I'll have, to, I'll have to check that out. I, I, I kind of, I think I've heard of it before, but don't know a ton about it. So I have to look yeah, that up you, and you see what it's about. probably it's crazy and you shouldn't come here, but it's awesome. <laughs> it's, 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 we, it's packed right now with tourists. Uh all right, so you are a young driver as well as a veteran. Is there anything you would like to see return from back in the day? Man, it's tough to, I mean, the industry has changed so much. Um, the people have changed changed a lot. I definitely miss the, I'll say like the old, that mm. good old mentality back in the day. Um, I think just being younger in general in the industry, it's it's different now when it's, you know, you do it for a living and stuff. It's a lot more serious, but I definitely miss the club racing side of things. Um, I don't really get to do that much anymore and just watching and paying attention. There's really no, so I definitely miss that. Like I said, back in the day, that's, you know, we go every weekend and there was, you know, eight to 10 different people that could win a club race in a modified buggy. And, uh, you know, now there isn't even a modified buggy class at most of these tracks. Yeah. So, that was one of my That's questions. Is mod dead? Is mod dead on a on a level in America now where it's just not happening? I think that it's coming back now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are are over the whole stock thing. Um, I mean, it's stock is super super expensive compared to modified. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the all the extra parts you need and the weight savings and you know going through through all the motors and batteries, trying to find that perfect one and stuff and mod, you know, you just charge up and go drive. You don't even have to charge your battery all the way. Um, so I think that's nice and that's appealing to a lot of people now. Um, but I, I think it just kind of went through, went through that phase, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the stock and I don't know, we'll see. I think that there's also a lot of big races now. So people will save up their vacation and do, you know, one big race every three months and then they don't do any of the club racing anymore. Um, so I think that's a lot different now as well. Um, you know, I, I've heard from back in the day, you know, before my time, there'd be, you know, four or five big races a year and that was it. And then everything else was just the club racing and uh, local races and trophy races and stuff. So I really missed that. It was great, you know, kind of connecting with, with the locals around you who are into the same thing and uh, being able to go and have fun and, you know, do club races, you know, one or two days, if it's a big trophy race. And uh, it's just not not really like that anymore. So I miss that. I wish that would come back. I wish I had the time to do it if it did come back. Right. Because um, you get to too many big races. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's uh, it's just tough now. I mean, people people always ask me, oh hey, you know, come come club race here, but one if I have a weekend off, you know, exactly. RC is probably not what I want to be doing. Um, and two, if I have a weekend off, normally I'm prepping the whole week for the next big race. And if I go run on the weekend, then you know, I'm uh, having to reprep or, you know, have different cars that I'm running that aren't what I race with. And it's just, uh, it's just tough nowadays. And I mean, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's great to hang out, but as far as like testing and stuff goes, it's kind of a waste. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lot easier just to go and do a test day and you get to run, you know, 20 times more than you do on a club race. You need to turn off. You know what I mean? You need to go and have some, enjoy your weekends just like everybody else. I get that 100%. 100 percent so all right i guess in closing uh as a younger person i i I don't see you as a younger person though that's the thing (laughs) about it like so as a younger person and now we have this you know the social media world and you know it's a lot of things that um compete with rc you know because rc is hard and you know Mm -hmm. it's we have gaming and all this type of stuff would you like what 
I, you know, I'm always about how do we grow this? How do we get things? How do we get more young people? I get it. We need to get young families like you was into this. Uh, what would you like to see change in RC to help promote it, get more people in? Do you have any ideas for this? Uh, I, I, I do think that the, the race schedule needs to change. Um, how many days it is, it's not feasible for a lot of families during kids to leave for five days. Yes. Um, you know, or, you know, even three, three school days or four school days, you know, if most of these races you're having to get there on Tuesday and then there's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then you travel back home, you just Monday as well. So it's, you know, it's five days of school or five days of work. So that's, that's really tough on a lot of families. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more expensive. So I think something needs to change with that. And then I also think that to get it a little bit more mainstream, you're going to have to change the race program because, um, I, I think the top, like the, the three consecutive lap seating is pretty un- easy to understand, but qualifying for some reason, it's very hard to explain to people to where they actually understand it. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple concept when you break it down, but actually getting people to follow and really understand what's going on is, uh, is very difficult to do. Um, so I think how some of these races are trying different programs out. I think that's what we need to be doing. Um, I don't think that we're necessarily like, I don't think we found really the right one. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I don't mind trying new things. Um, I don't think that like how we did with AMS, uh, I'm not bashing or anything, but right. I don't think that it was really exactly the right direction to go. Um, but what it was would you something like and we're trying as, it. What would you like to see us do for qualifying? What would you think would be ideal? I, I just think that to, we had that much time to qualify, but then really you're only the, it didn't really matter because you go and do the that ten minute right uh, the ten minute super that, pole that race. ten minute race super pole race that kind of seeds you. So I think if we're gonna do that, then you know in which this would be difficult to do with with a large group of people. But I thought it was super cool and maybe you kind of adapt a little bit at one of the INSs at Hobby Action. Uh, before each qualifier, we would all go and do one warm-up lap and then one hot lap. Mm. And uh, that hot lap would seed you for the qualifier, um, which a qualifier you'd race head, heads up just like the Super Pole. And wherever you finish, that would be the qual point that you get. Um, so I thought that was cool because I, I totally understand hey, we need to do more heads up racing so that people mm. can follow it. People can get into the racing and the battling and that side of things. Um, so we need to try to figure out how, how can we do more racing um, but still get, get people where they need to be at and where they should be finishing and where they should be qualifying and stuff. So, yeah, I, I think we need to do, uh, yeah, just, just less, less qualifying, less, I think we need to make it cool too. I think we need to make it cooler and to compete with, with gaming and all that. Cause you look at the gamer dudes, they're all cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like these, are, yep. these are nerds that sit there. I mean, we're nerds too. You know what I mean? But just, mm-hmm. we actually got out there and do, uh, physical stuff. I, I love gaming, by the way. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but uh, I think we can take a lot of notes from that. And I think it comes down to letting you guys express yourselves a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. and having you guys embrace social media and just in, embracing uh, that lifestyle. I know it's hard. You know what I mean? And you come from an, an old school type of RC background. Yeah. But I can, I think we just need to get charisma more charisma into the industry more storylines more you know make we qualifying all that type of stuff we need to make it interesting and yeah i think i try to do that with certain things like my 
nicely the little write-ups and all that stuff. And uh, I just think it, it, it's a it's not just one person. I think it's in general. We all need to kind of do it. So yeah, yeah. I would like to see you guys embrace your roles. Maybe um, I get it. Like sponsors don't allow you to really speak your mind, but <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes you got to say things and like, Hey, I don't like the way that guy took me out. I'm going to get him the next time and stuff like that. And I think uh, yep. that's what we lack in RC just that. And we've made it so vanilla now, but I think we can change that. Just make it cool. Make it fun for these kids to come to, Make it easier too. I think. Um, yeah, I think easier is coming in a way we probably don't really think about. Maybe it's coming in the form of setup apps. Uh, uh, yeah, which maybe, is a thing now. There's setup apps now. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you've seen those, but oh yeah, I had the, it's pretty cool. Yeah, do you use it? Because I had the owner on her, and he he explained all the like all the stuff you can do with it. Yeah, and I was like, this is gonna make racing so much. If people embrace this, this will makes racing easy for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so, I haven't I haven't used it as much as I should because, like you said, it's it's actually super cool. He put a lot of time and effort into uh, figuring figuring out what people are actually going to use and what people want. Uh, I haven't used it as much as I want, but I do have some setups on there and stuff. Yeah. I kind of have tried like the notes section out, and it's a pretty pretty cool concept and idea that he has going. There's so much out there, dude. You can only do so much mm-hmm. and focus on racing and focus on your your real life after that. You know what I mean? So I, yeah, yeah, there's, there's just, there's an amount of time that we have. So, you know, I, I think that we do need to do a little bit more social media, a little bit more interacting. Um, that was, that was one of the good things that came out of, out of uh, COVID and the whole shutdown was being able to interact with people more. Um, that, that was really cool, you know, doing, doing the lives, you know, similar to this where we're actually having a conversation, mm-hmm. conversing with each other instead of just doing your own you know, Facebook live where you're just talking into a camera and no one's talking back. There's no real conversation. It's just you kind of just keeping the conversation going and, and answering questions as they pop up. So I really liked having, having you know, being able to talk to somebody or having a group of guys that can have mm-hmm. a conversation and the people can kind of just come more and hang out with, uh, with that group. But it's uh, it's definitely tough. You know, we, we're not seeing as much as that anymore. Everybody was doing that back then, but now, now that we're back racing, there's it's uh hard pretty slim pickings you know you try to get on once a month and do something here or there but there's just uh there's only so much time so you know we need to have less races or go to less races or kind of split it up a little bit more or you know figure out figure out something sweet well dude i appreciate your time i thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with you i learned a lot about you um you i like i said i'm a, I'm a fan of your racing now that I, I know you a little bit more personally i can you know I'll talk to you more at the track, you know, and whatnot. Yeah, I um, appreciate it. I just never knew how to approach you because you always seem so, like, I don't know, stoic. That's the word I'll look at. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I'm like, I talk to him, I make some jokes, he laughs, and then, you know, I just... But uh, getting to talk to you, I think you're very mature, uh, especially for 24 years of age, but you had to grow up in an industry that was full of grown men. I think uh, you have many, many national titles, some lots of world's titles left to grab. And I look forward. I'm still not gonna pick you, even though I'm. I'm not. I'm we'll, gonna, give, we'll give a little. We'll give a little bit of time. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's just make sure yeah, that me picking you is not. You know, dude. I, people generally blame me for your losses, oh, and, um, but it's fun. It's all part of the game, and I think it's fun, and I think it makes it interesting. And I look forward to seeing what you do this year. Uh, we have worlds coming up. We have you know, yep. a lot of big races here in this first quarter. So you're gonna be busy. Thank you for your time. Maybe we get you back on her this year when you win some of yeah. these races because there's only a matter of time. Sounds good. 
It's only a matter of time. Good. It's not if, it's when. <laughs> and uh, thank you for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Good luck at CRCRC, and uh, you're not going to SIC. And uh, I'll see you at DNC. All right, sounds good. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Thank you. So that ends our podcast for this week, everybody. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. Thank you to Dakota Fenn for his time. Thank you to Tony Newland and RC Kevin for that time. We was kind of recording kind of late. It, it, we know we kind of faded, uh, but we got it in. And I hope you guys enjoy our new like look on 10 scale racing. Uh, I'm learning about it. Uh, and hopefully we can make some waves in there and get people thinking differently about stock as well because I'm starting to get converted. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you guys enjoyed the live. Shout out and say thank you to all of the people that support this podcast. We can't do it without you. Safe travels to everybody that's heading out to SIC today. Have fun. First big race of the year. Uh, we made some picks, JQ and I, on the live. I can't remember who I picked, obviously. And... um. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be some good racing. We look forward to our recap of that next week with Jared Tebow, probably Jared, Max, and, and myself. We'll talk about that race. Get ready for those questions so Max can answer next week. And, hey, man, we're excited. The race season has started. We this is, SIC is the first of many races. We got SIC. We got Nats warm up with TNR race on the same day. Oh, man, we got a lot of racing going on. And then we got the big, big enchilada, which is DNC. With that said, I want to say thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do it without you guys. Thank you. I appreciate that. Shout out to the patrons of the NNRC. We can't do it without you. I can't do it without you. I appreciate the extra support you guys give me. If you like what we're doing here, if you like what I'm doing here, please go over to the Patreon. It's in the written link, written description of this podcast. Click on that link and every little bit helps. Yeah. RC doesn't pay that good, so Patreon helps really a lot. All right. Uh, also, shout out to the awesome companies that advertise and support the NNRC. They are, of course, Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, TNR Fuels, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Lugs Racing Tires, JQSM, JTP, JTP RC, Clinic RC, G-Spec RC Tuning, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, Racecraft USA, Clinic RC, House of RC, RCGP, important, remember that. Sign-ups are coming with them soon uh, for RC2 and RCGP in March. So pay attention to House of, 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 House of RC because that's where you'll be signing up. Uh, yeah, thank you to all those companies. Shout out to my boy Eddie Fikes and his rub. I have it right here. You guys, go cop yourself some of Uncle Eddie's special season. It's good on everything. It's my second bottle. I use it on everything. Uh, thank you to RC Kevin. Thank you to Tony Newland for that time. And shout out to, you know, special, you know, special shout out to like David Ranafalk, Alex Hagberg, Jared Tebow, and those guys who take time to support the podcast. I really, that means a lot to me. And um, I, I am so excited for this season. You guys don't know. So with that said, you know what I'm going to say? Nitro is the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills if you ain't grinding your sliding. And, hey, SIC, let's go. Let's go. I predict it's going to be a good race. Did you see that rhythm section? You know what? Lefty and nobody else here. So Lefty is out. And, yeah, have a great weekend, everybody. 
Thank you for listening to the No Name RC podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash NNRC podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content and patron only giveaways. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram and our website www.nnrcpodcast.com. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you aren't having fun, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding lefty out. Nitro is the glory. Nitro is the glory. Nitro is the glory. so bad.